Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Your Aunties Could Never. I'm Auntie AK and I'm here with Auntie Shara, Auntie Nana, and Auntie Shade. Hey, I forgot to say this is episode 45, and I feel like the gods aligned us in life <laughs> with the trumpster who's going in the dumpster tomorrow. <laughs> so oh yeah, allegedly. Possibly, maybe. Um, are you guys, how are you guys gonna? Is it? Do we like have a national day off or something? It's tomorrow going to be like live streaming. Everything to do with the inauguration. What time is it kicking in? Is it going to be like early hours of our morning, right? Or I, I would think so. I'm, I'm thinking of Obama's one, and that that was like um, I think it started from about eleven o'clock our time in the PM. There was a whole big doodah about it. Yeah, you know they did like a. a a ball at the Dorchester for Obama's inauguration. Mm. So it's like we watched that through the night, basically. So I guess Biden, unless it's going to be Zoomed, is going to be a similar affair. Sorry, I was trying to do stuff. But um, <laughs> and I'm trying to find out what time it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, they've gone past because they're going to Zoom it. People have been saying they're going to Zoom it, but they're not going to Zoom it. It's 4.30 gonna... p.m. 4.30 because it, yeah. it starts at 11 30 a.m their time so it's 4 30 okay. so that means we've got a national day after you'll be sworn in at midday oh we'll zoom it though no but then no but biden's going to be there right are they they're not doing it over zoom oh, yeah, yeah. 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 people say we should do it virtually yeah i mean i feel like i feel like there was a lot of um over i think that all the over anticipation it's going to be violence. I've got a feeling it's not going to be violent tomorrow. I might I might be wrong. I kind of want it to go mad just because, just to be the final nonsense and then everything calms after that. But I just believe, I think everyone's overhyped and I think that it's, it's going to be fine. Do you guys not believe it? <laughs> you guys look so sceptical. No, I, I, think, I think something's going to happen. Yeah. If it doesn't happen tomorrow, like I would say within a week, some, some shit's going to go down. Yeah. I don't really think it's tomorrow. I think it's the days after they got to look out for. I but there's 25,000 National Guards in um, DC. 25,000. They said there's more than, what did they say? It was more than some, one of the more war. Than Iraq and uh, what's the other one? Afghanistan put together. 25,000. And everyone that's fought in um, those countries, they've said that um, they never thought they'd see something like this in America and that yeah the level is at the highest it could possibly be for domestic terrorists. I mean, I we don't like know. They're home though. I do Go think that they're home and like, you know, that they get to see it as well. I think like in the worst case scenario, okay, this is what's gonna happen is, <laughs> and I don't, I don't wish this to happen. Jade Biden's gonna be assassinated and Kamala's gonna become the president. <laughs> and then everyone's gonna go ape shit. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, you're saying this will happen tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and then well, we're gonna go mad. So, he's gotta be sworn in first. Yeah. But she's not just default to president because yeah. he 
both of them have to be sworn in first. Yeah, but can still take him out. We can still get because the thing is, if they're because right, the people that stormed the um the capital, yeah, they yeah. were like ex army. Some of them off duty army. Some of them like ex police officers. What's to say they're not in that national guards? What's to say one of them is just not a a random person? Like you know the scene in Batman um, when they shot the commander. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. It's just, it could be exactly the same thing as far as I'm concerned. That's what the FBI have been saying, and that's why the FBI are vetting everybody. But you're right, 25,000 National Guard people, I bet they didn't vet all of them. Absolutely. I mean, I've just watched um, the MLK FBI documentary. It's not bad, and it's going. It's coming out soon. I can't remember what it is, so my bad. Um, yeah, um, and it just showed the extent that the FBI went, FBI went into targeting Martin Luther King and the eventual, his assassination, how that person infiltrated and all that stuff, and it was a setup. I mean, I can easily, we've got enough films and fodder to understand that this could, this could happen. Yeah. But I don't know if it's, are we going to see an assassination in our lifetime? I feel like we're talking about it so much. It's too, it's like whoever's holding the cards, be like, ah, nah, they're expecting it. So right now, let's keep them calm. And then they're going to fling something in at us, maybe in the aftermath, maybe. I, it would just be too, it would just be too on the nose for them to, like, for him to get got tomorrow. That'd be like, come on, what else can happen now? We literally, then it will be Independence Day, Will Smith and the aliens and the beam of light. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and there's going to be a ship outside my window, blatantly. But I, you could expect it in 2021. Mm -hmm. If there was ever a time where this shit was going to take place, it is now. Mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. We'll see, we'll see. But let's get into the show. Joe I think Joe Knight is going to go out naturally. I think he's going to go out naturally, and it will be like, oh, okay, Kamala's president. I think yes, it's a bit that's what I think gonna happen. like naturally in his sleep, or sat and so, or naturally of a heart attack, or sat and so, or naturally of a stroke, or sat and so. <laughs> and you know, like when you you know, 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 what natural causes is yeah. if those things is natural causes. So yeah, you know when um them. Then Russian spies like you know whatever oh the the doctors and stuff they oh they went for a walk and then somehow they tripped over and then they never woke up again mm. all those type of things there yeah. all right we'll see um good evening hello Ronald hello Sonia and we'll get to some comments in a bit um well or should we read the comments now before we get into it okay I can start I guess so echoing the hellos and then um Ronald has just said two of the National Guardsmen have been relieved of their inauguration duties because of the FBI vetting and somebody watching us on YouTube also says I can see it happening but Kamala would be in so much danger as president boy thing is though that's what we thought about Obama mm -hmm. we thought Obama was going to get murked on day two I, I absolutely, every year was like, boy, I don't know if he's going to make it this year. Boy, I yeah. don't know if he's going to make it this year. And he did it. I don't know. I don't know. I think the Vim is so much harder, like higher for her, to be honest. And they might think she's an easier target. But okay, girls, we've got stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so first of all, I'm welcoming to the family and keeping on this note, I've got a welcome back because he's already part of the family, but just to acknowledge the fact, Mr. Uncle Barack Obama, because on the eve of when he was handing over power, he was so gracious. Let me play this clip for you guys. And even when you complained about my long answers, uh, 
I just want you to know that the only reason they were long was because you asked six-part questions. Um, but I have enjoyed working with all of you. Uh, that does not, of course, mean that I've enjoyed every story that you have filed, uh, but that's the point of this relationship. You're not supposed to be syncophants. You're supposed to be skeptics. You're supposed to ask me tough questions. You're not supposed to be complimentary, uh, but you're supposed to cast a critical eye on folks who hold enormous power. I mean, we could go on, but look at that. Imagine if Donald Trump had that vim throughout his presidency. What kind of presidency would we have had for four years? If, and I'm saying we, because you know we're all affected. What would it have been like if he had gone out like Obama? I'm not saying Obama was perfect, but in his humility, in handing over and saying bye to the press, he acknowledged that, yeah, you guys gave me trouble. However, I understood it had to happen and I appreciate it. Goodbye, good people. And that was it. So for that, for that, I welcome Uncle Obama back in. You're not exactly the perfect uncle, but which uncle is? But, you know, you were hum, 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 humble and gracious at the best of times. And we missed that at the least. Thank you. So, yes, Barack Obama, <laughs> President Barack Obama. <laughs> <That's so stupid. laughs> and now getting into the news, getting into the news, getting into the news. Um, what have you heard? And I think I'm asking myself, what have I heard? Um, and my story is, <clears throat> so there's a, a, a former Supreme Court justice in the UK called Jonathan Sumption, who's been called out for telling a woman with stage four cancer that her life was less valuable um, on last Sunday's um, show, The Big Question, which is hosted by Nikki Campbell on BBC One. So basically on the, sh on the big question, they were discussing whether lockdown was punishing too many for the greater good. Now, Lord Sumption is one of the um, kind of prominent anti-lockdown campaigners. So he's really against lockdown, all that type of stuff. So it's affecting our lives and doesn't make a difference. Blah, de, blah, de, blah. And he had gone on this show to say that he did not accept that all lives are of equal value and said that his children's and his grandchildren's lives were more worth more because they've got a lot more of it ahead. So there was a woman called Deborah James who was on a Zoom, like beaming live into the conversation. And she um, got stage four metatastic bowel cancer. And she was said that, who, she said to Lord Sumption, who are you to put a value on life? All life is worth saving, regardless of what life it is people are living. And she said, she's acknowledged that I've said goodbye to good friends who've had COVID. Um, but at the same time, she's also grateful to be somebody who's been kept alive because of the NHS. So overall, Sumption's comments have been widely criticized but I asked, wanted to ask you guys what you thought about his comments. And it's a bit like that um, scenario that people set up, like if you're on a drowning boat, who do you save, your gran or your baby? Um, and that's kind of the position that I'm kind of taking with this with this question. What are your thoughts about what Lord Sumption said? And I'll go to Auntie Nana first. You're still on mute. There we go. I understand his position and I think, um, is really hypocritical for people to be slamming him when really that's how the NHS works. They are, they do have a pecking order. They do value certain life over others. And to me, he was just voicing that. And I just think too many people, um, when somebody is actually stating a fact that this is how society works, and you may be like, no, it's not fair, but that actually is how society works at all levels. And especially as a black woman, you know, when you go into the NHS that your life isn't deemed as valuable as other people, let alone if you're a black 
woman with a serious illness or you're older, you're not going to be treated the same. And I think him just stating that as a matter of fact, that life is is see, is valued in different scales, to me is just a it's a reality. I don't really get what the backlash is about. It's just how it is. Auntie Shade. Sorry. Um, yeah, I I kind of agree with that. I just thought that it's just really morbid, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like no one really wants to talk about their own um, mortality or anything like that. So I think it's just always a difficult conversation to have. And we just don't, we don't really have like, I don't think we have really big conversations about that sort of thing anyway, in general. But I just think that it, it was just a bit careless, man. Like you can't, you know, Nikki Campbell didn't even challenge it. He kind of like stated it as a matter of fact when he was repeating the question back to the woman. Do you know what I mean? Even gave him a point to clarify um, again. And it's just like, you know, it, she's 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 not, you know, she she she's still terminal. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it just showed like a lack of care, really just not tactful at all. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you I feel like if you're talking to someone who's dealing with, you know, the 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 fact that she, she might die tomorrow, do you know what I mean? Kind of thing, like, like have some more care about it. Like, even if it is it kind of kind of goes with the topic of conversation I just don't know I just thought it was just like oh this is just really kind of morbid um I thought it was just insensitive insensitive that's the word I'm looking for it's just that really really insensitive um as well and also I don't know like I, I just don't think that you know, you could have someone who's 25 and then they could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. It's just like you could have someone who's got a, a really serious um, illness, but they could make such a contribution to society in such a short amount of time. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's a very dangerous conversation to, to, to kind of like normalise that, that really and truly because no one should have the right over like, over the value proposition of someone's life. I just don't, I just don't agree with that. And I think it's, yeah, it's just difficult to have that conversation without kind of touching on that, if that makes sense, kind of. <laughs> yeah, Auntie Farah. Um, yeah, I was angry before I even watched the clip because there are a lot of people with terminal diseases who have been overlooked because of the pandemic you know they've not been able to get treatment in the way that they should get treatment so I was angry about what I thought he said then I watched the clip and then I was really angry um okay so basically yes we all know that if you have money you can have private medical treatment and you get treated sooner we all know that on a trans on a transplant list there are there's a pecking order it depends on health wealth that kind of stuff like you know where you live how you're going to respond to treatment all of those sort of things are factors we all know that my problem with this is the way that he said it to her like auntie Sade said this is a woman who's terminally ill she's terminally ill and every day is a battle for her she was six weeks post operation which helped her to you know to get some sort of normality back into her life his whole tone was tactless and insensitive i'm not saying that um he doesn't have the right to his opinion but it's just the way that he said it he could have he had the chance to clarify Nikki, Nikki, I can't remember what his name is. Nikki, what's his name again? 
Nikki Campbell, Nikki Campbell um, said to him, not said to him, Nikki Campbell said it again as though to make sure everyone heard exactly what he said. And rather than say, that's not what I meant, because he's been on GMB since saying that's not how I, what I meant. And my words have since been, my words are twisting or taking my words and throwing them back at me um, without the whole sentence. So, but at that point, he didn't take the time to say that. He just reiterated what he, you know, his thoughts. You can't say that one person's life, you can't openly say that one person's life is less valuable than somebody else's. You know, there's people who have lost people from cancer in the last 12 months. There's people that have lost people from all types of diseases in the last 12 months. And you can't say that their pain is any less than someone who's lost people from COVID. You can't. Um, Piers Morgan, funnily enough, made a good comment to this guy, Lord's, whatever his name is, Sumption, I want to call him. Um, he, he asked him if there was a 98-year-old man and he was in bed and he asked to be switched off what do you think about that do you think that should be right and you know his life isn't as valued as a 25 year old and he said yes i agree with that then Piers went on to say oh well that that man i'm talking about is captain tom now whether you agree with what Piers says or not but he was just making the point of his life actually hadn't stopped being of value a year later he was able to do so much and inspire so many people so with that i have to agree with him in terms of like a 25 year old being more valuable their life being more valuable than somebody who's older that could be a 25 year old serial killer or a paedophile you can't say what that person's going to do so i just think there needs to be a little bit of thought there needs to be more thought when it comes to making these sorts of statements about people's lives and that's that yeah, i think you've all said um parts and parcel of what i i, I agree so I'll try not to remix what you're saying but um i think it's just it's this privileged white man that can sit in his ivory tower and cast assumptions and give points and values and opinions from a very disconnected place. And that's not to say he hasn't experienced grief or loss and he's old enough, he's probably lost people to both sides of the thing, to COVID and not terminal in, um, illnesses and stuff like that. Um, so I'm, I, it's, it is right, he's got every right to his opinion. It, there is the hot, cold hard facts of life where, yeah, some people, you, you're in, uh, the NHS is struggling, you're gonna do try and save the life of someone with more life expectancy than someone who's probably possibly more than likely going to pass in a short space of time. It's a hard decision that um, people have to make in, in at that critical moment. But I I think it's an element of us not wanting to deal with and talk about sometimes the hard, cold facts of a situation. A situation. It is his insensitivity to the situation, especially talking to a woman who's going through this um, terrible situation that she's going through and managing to, as she said, I'm someone who's benefiting from being kept alive because in another situation, she would have just, been like, well, you know, you got this stage four cancer, you're not worth saving, we're not even going to bother with you. So, there's all that type of I don't know, it's a bit sticky. Um, let's read the go to the comments. Candy says he was so 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 cocky when he said it. Um, Beverly says, privileged white man were not a priority ever, and we need to know that. Iola says, I agree with him regarding his views on lockdown and actually think that his comments have been taken out of context because he's actually being honest on how the system works. And then she added basically what Auntie Nana said. Uh, Cindy said, he isn't the NHS. Only those who swear by the Hippocratic Oath should even be starting such a discussion. He is supposed to be intelligent, which should include emotional intelligence. He is at the forefront of the anti-lockdown movement, which dangerously errs into eugenics. So, yeah, nah. 
Uh, then Beverly says the backlash is because he he we still can't accept that's how it is. And Cindy says he said what he said. Believe that. I, Iola says high intelligent doesn't equate to having emotional intelligence. And then Beverly says, see if we find a black old man, same as the 98 year old one, check if the black man would ever have a level of support like the captain. The answer is no. And Iona says we definitely can and have been saying that some lives are more valuable than others. Isn't that the whole premise for Black Lives Matter? Welcome to our black people world. And Cindy finally says also he was a judge at the Supreme Court. He has told on himself. That's an interesting perspective about the Black Lives Matter and um, positioning, because I hadn't necessarily thought that by supporting Black Lives Matter, I'm saying that my life is more valuable than a white person's. I'm actually just saying that my life is valuable, period. So can you not kill me because you see the, the, the oppressor is seeing me as less than. So I don't know if that's nationally. I mean, obviously, in the whole wide world, there are some people who be like, fuck you. Black lives matter more than anyone. And I'll save a black person first. And maybe actually if you're pro-black or just pro your your community, you're going to want your community. I like I want my friends before a stranger, right? I'm gonna save my friends before a stranger, save my family before a stranger's family. But when the crux of Black Lives Matter is more about the fact that we wanna be equally valued and see, treated as our white brethren rather than being seen as a less than value. So I don't know if Black Lives Matter is the same thing necessarily, but yeah, we do have conversations about- I see what you're saying, yeah. I, um, but we do have conversations about, you know, like I said, my my friends, we were in a situation, I'm gonna to wanna to save my friends. But then at the same time, it's that whole thing of the boat thing again. You got your gran and your child on a boat, something's happening. Who are you gonna instinctively go for? That decision is a real talk decision. I don't know who else wants to come in. Um, I was just gonna pick up on what Beverly said about if they found a 98 year old black man. I've got to, I'm inclined to agree with that just because of, I know when my granddad was sick himself, the doctors and the hospitals kind of like ignored what we were saying because he was of a certain age and that happens a lot so those are things that i hope can be looked at and be, and can be changed um because it isn't for people to just pass the you know just because he's a certain age doesn't mean that he doesn't deserve to be treated in the same way these are people that pay their taxes and have worked for the and you know put, contributed to the nhs and things like that so everyone deserves to have the same medical treatment as everybody else so it's a bit of a mad one because i suppose if we were running a hospital essentially what would you how would you do it with and and it, i don't know it always comes back to this boat scenario like you've got you know two emergency rooms two people are in it and you need the top doctor to deal with a situation where do you pull them and stuff like that i don't know sorry go on Shadi. no i was just going to say you're relying on the expertise and what they what they know about the situation how they can solve it do you know what i mean and it's it is kind of very pressurized split second kind of decisions but people what what we need to get out out of the nhs i think is just people's biases do you know what i mean we need to do a re-education, especially when it comes to black people, and like you know, you know, they, they even in their textbooks, I think they're saying that the, our pain threshold is higher or some yeah. bullshit. You know what I mean? Like all of that kind of needs to be rewritten, and there definitely needs to be more. I think I saw a study recently that says that um, you know, when black 
when black babies are delivered by black doctors, they they tend to survive more. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's just like there's just like this whole re-education in the healthcare system that needs to be done with regards to us. In regards to this guy, I just think like I would just question all of his cases that he's ever <laughs> ever, ever do you know what I mean I would look, look at everything I think this is grounds to open investigation if he has that kind of bias I think that this kind of this kind of conversation does it does kind of go into that overpopulation argument do you know what I mean kind of thing and it kind of goes to that and I think if you you start to sway the kind of um viewpoint or the kind of you know the the mood of this that oh yes that that's just how it is kind of thing then you then you do get into this system of like oh yes one person you know you should expect that do you know what I mean that one person should be valued over another and you kind of get to that 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 um acceptance that kind of almost that internal acceptance that that's going to be the case which I I think is very 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 dangerous do you know what I mean and we don't will not fare well in a in a world like that at all truth I don't think understanding how the system works is the same as having um high hopes that actually people are going to be treated fairly so I think once you really once you have an understanding that you are not going to be treated fairly like knowledge is power, you're armed with something. But to think that I'm going to go into hospital and my life is going to be deemed as somebody that is my same age and is Caucasian in childbirth is foolish. So if 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 I had that same point of view, like, no, my life is as valuable as this person, when a doctor is telling me certain things, I'm thinking that's for they're doing the best that they can for me when in a lot of cases that isn't factual so I think it's actually just being realistic to how society actually runs is important than wanting it to run um, with an equal mindset that we're all treated the same isn't how it it's just not how it goes and I just think listening to him to me I just felt that he was being painfully honest which was you just don't get people being honest like that on tv and then the backlash after it, I'm like, this this world is full of hypocrites. You know that that's how, that's how the system works. He was just talking about how the system works. That is how it works. He definitely wasn't emotionally intelligent because you are speaking to somebody who has stage four cancer, who is relying on the NHS. But I do feel like he was just, he, he may be that type of a person, you know, not everybody has tact and maybe he just doesn't have any tact. But I don't think, anything he said was a lie really I think he was actually just speaking factually I don't think it's even that though do you know what I mean because I feel like we we kind of all have this collective understanding that we are disadvantaged in any of the systems and institutions in you know in the world because of racism do you know what I mean we know that we suffer from it on a daily basis so it's not not knowing or having this full sense that you're your value is the same as someone else's. We know that, do you know what I mean? We experience it on a daily basis. What I think is just like, from from like, even the fact that he's been chosen to speak on this conversation, a man without tax, a man on this position, do you know what I mean? Like it puts in the zeitgeist this, this ideology that this is what you should be accepting. This is how it is. So this is what you should 
put into your consciousness that this is how things should be in the future. And I just think that that is dangerous. That is kind of like problematic. I, 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 I feel like we've had some time of people speaking or revealing or exposing themselves from Trump to all to Boris to all this type of stuff. So I'm actually, I kind of understand where Nana's coming from. I understand both sides of it, but I kind of maybe I'm leaning towards where Auntie Nana's coming from in the fact that the more we have people like this speaking out, the more we then are informed about what the system is all about, because you could be lulled into a full sense of security. You might think that actually the NHS is there for us and do for us, but actually- no, we're not though, that's not, that's not in question. I don't no, think I mean, for some, sorry, but I, think, but I think for some people it might just be because there, there's us who think broadly and because we are, we have the duality, we're black, we're women, we're immigrant generation and we're not completely English. We, we have, our existence has to question things, but they trust me and believe there's probably some black people that think, yes, my life is valuable. I can go into the NHS and I'll be fine and not even have that understanding because they haven't done that in that research or the information or they've been lulled into a false sense of security and for the white people that are upset about what this guy is saying they're being having a bit of a reminder as well that this is the system this, they're the people out there that don't give a fuck and the people that are running the nhs or running not the nhs but well yeah running the nhs i have the same mentality as this guy could potentially have the same mentality as this guy so i think it's i think it is um it was we never know if it's ill thought out or on purpose that, you know, the light guys is informing us and shaping us and shifting us to follow uh, some way how they want the world to be. And we've got to fall in line. But I think these conversations had out in the open are also good for us. I don't know what that means. And I don't think it should lead us in a, a line of acceptance because uh, now I've heard this. What do we do with this information with this guy that's saying that there is a backlash, but also the backlash. Is it? helpful is, is it going to affect change i think this is the thing where these difficult conversations and people having these opinions and if someone like if nikki campbell's not sharing it then he possibly agrees too he's of the elite as well so are people in privileged positions do they think like this and how do we affect change and how do we change it? how do we make it better so we have to be informed because if these people all smile in our faces and act like yeah the nhs is the perfect place and there is no hierarchy then what do we do but then uh, isn't that kind of like i don't know what the term is but isn't it to be informed by some, say if the overall plan is um, depopulization, depopulate, what do you call it? Depopulization? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, if that's the overall plan and you're being informed by someone who believes that, then their viewpoint is gonna skew towards that. So what, do, do you know what I mean? So like having, if you had someone who, <laughs> who was maybe more, uh considerate do you know what i mean about things that might be a better person to have do you know what i mean because it shows the care for that person that that patient and also the the facts of the case kind of thing but you're having th th this person was chosen this man was chosen on for ratings. As far yeah. as and it's to, to desensitize these these issues I just think, I think, I think it's, um, I can't, uh, maybe I'm not explaining myself well, but I do think it's, um, I do think it's kind of dangerous to, to put this in the ether as a matter of fact. Like, I think it's, yeah, I think it's, I do think it's dangerous. Sorry. No, I get what you mean, Auntie Shad. I think we all got, before we go to the comments, I get what you mean, because uh, it's, um, 
I get what you mean, but also we also have to maybe potentially not even give it that much weight in the fact that this is a TV show, it's broadcast, they're looking at radio. But that, but that, no, sorry, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't mean, I don't mean, I don't mean not give dismiss what he's saying as it's rubbish or it's not important or it's not impactful or dangerous, but I also mean this is also a TV show. They're doing things for shock value. So this is all part of it. It's all part of it. But I think it could be propaganda as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. It is propaganda as well. Start. Yeah. This is yeah. how. Do you know what I mean? Then they, then they start. You know, if 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 we want to go full conspiracy, silver hat on. Do you know what I mean? You get people who have these kinds of opinions, have no care, have no heart for people, devalue people, and then when they start killing them off, it's just like the 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 society will be like, yeah, okay, cool, because I've been taught this, I know this, and this is the fact, and this is what we should believe because this is what happens. Do you know what I mean? And then get people. But there was, my thing is there was backlash and because people were, were a bit like oh raw that's a bit deep so then that it did stoke something but we don't know what the fallout will be so i'm not saying it's good but it stoked something for people that were like oh there's just people that actually think like that i don't know let's yeah. get the comments okay Sorry, there were so many. I'm trying to go to where it begins from i'll start with red border it says he is exposing himself as a harold shipman um, Nicholas said, sorry for joining late, but I was listening while driving. Great discussion as always. Aquia says, thank you, Nana. We need to accept the truth and act accordingly when in institutions. We need to go into institutions armed with what the figures of how they behave and demand a different treatment to the norm. This is our emotional intelligence. Let them speak their truth. Let's not stop them or slam them. Let's listen, learn and act accordingly. Iola says, totally agree with you all. It's important to know the status quo in order to challenge it. We do definitely need more sensitivities and emotional intelligence, but the system at the core is based on hierarchy, which is the main issue. And Nicola says, Auntie AK, we know what the system is about. I agree with Auntie Sade. This is about normalization. Look how they want to change the thought process of paedophilia in the Western world. They are trying to normalize inhumanity. And Aquia says, I'm bored of the united surprise at white racism. When then there is a backlash that makes them quiet and makes our job harder to do. We need to grow up and understand what the 500 years has been about. And Red Border says, I don't think black people are in any doubt about the Western, that the Western system isn't for us. The problem is when white people realize what their life get, that their life gets devalued, there is uproar and a shock to their system. And mm. uh, Antoinette says, good evening, aunties. Apologies for the tardiness. Can you believe that these people keep scheduling meetings that overrun on a Tuesday? I need to speak to HR. <laughs> good sure. evening, Antoinette. <laughs> um, this is a conversation that we might take over to Clubhouse, which is happening later on tonight at 10. And we'll give you more information about that later, because this is a bit of a juicy one. Mm. Um, Auntie Nana, your story next. Okay. So my story is about, um, she's actually one of my favorite people, Azalea Banks. And I think this was maybe last week or the week before, she was in a bit of a storm because it seemed like she had dug up her dead cat and had found out a way to make jewelry out of the dead cat's bones. So she filmed herself boiling the cat 
And then um, people thought that she was eating the cat, but it seems like she wasn't eating the cat. She was making jewellery out of it. So, yeah, she was getting slammed for that. And she's come back with some interesting points. So I would like to hear what you guys think about it. I'm going to read out what she posted on Instagram. It says, I love watching you all fret about a dead cat whilst also deluding ourselves into thinking cats are not anesthetized and incinerated in shelters every day simply because humans don't want them running around in the concrete jungles they've created to trap cats into domestication, virality or straight up euthanization. Y'all have deluded yourselves into thinking that late stage abortion is not infanticide and is an act of a woman's power over her body. Y'all emphasize it is a woman's choice, but it really is straight up murder. With all this technology, if you hoes haven't taken an, an IUD, an implant, a pill, tied your tubes, gotten a hysterectomy, or had your man get a vasectomy, you are a messy bitch who thinks abortion is like a day at the spa. A fetus is 100% sentient, stop lying to yourselves. An embryo can arguably be considered non-sentient, but you are still full of shit, laugh out loud. Abortion should be prevented and an emergency procedure only, in capital letters. I don't want to hear about that fucking cat when you guys champion inf infanticide as a woman's right of passage, yet still have capital punishment as an option anywhere in this America. That is your first and second generation Euro trash academia dickheads think you know anything about. Laugh out loud. So. Can I go? <laughs> I Let me give you the question. Yeah, give me the question. The question is, cat stuff aside, what do you think she, um, what do you think of her putting forward the late stage abortion to actually like counteract her boiling her cat and making jewellery? What does that, and, and what are your thoughts on what she put forward as well? Do you agree with her or disagree with her? I think Iggy Azalea needs to have no, Banks. Whatever her name is, they're both dumb. Azalea <laughs> Banks needs to have fucking tape put over her mouth that can never come out. It just needs to stay on her mouth permanently. She chats so much shit. The thing about, all right, let me rephrase that. One, one minute, I'm like, okay, she's making sense, right? Then the next minute, she starts throwing in some shit that she should shut the fuck up about. She's talking about if you can't get a pill, if you can't get an IUD, if you can't basically take contraceptions, if your man can't get the SNP, X, Y, Z. What about if you're raped at gunpoint? What about that? There's so many different reasons. We've said it before. We, there are so many different reasons why women have abortions. It not, it, you know, it's not a day at, at the spa. It's not a form of contraception. That's not why people have abortions. That, that's not why people tend to have abortions. The high, the high numbers of people don't tend to have abortions for those reasons. She needs to relax herself. That's what she needs to do. She's you're talking about her dead cat and then bringing in abortions. I don't even understand like how you get from one to the other. I was for a minute. I was like, okay, I get where she's going with a dead cat. People need to shut up because yes, cats get um, euthanized and all that thing all the time. There was backlash about when she showed some chicken sacrifice thing she had in her cupboard. There was backlash about that, but then people are eating chickens day in day out from KFC and every other chicken shop in the world. So in those sort of things, I'm like, yeah, okay, you're making sense. But to then go on to abortions 
It's just, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. She just needs to be quiet or stick to one point and one point only. She goes off on a tangent and she loses all validity, validity when she's talking. It makes no sense. None whatsoever. If, if she has an opinion that abortions are wrong, fine. That's her opinion. But to make those statements about it's a woman's fault and it's she's not looking after herself why she's going to get an abortion, that is wrong. She does not have the right to say that. Auntie Shade. <laughs> oh, mate, this uh, um, she embarrasses me. I, 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 honestly, I just like, I'm so disappointed that she's a black girl. Like, I just like, Ooh. like, honestly, like, it's embarrassing. It's just so embarrassing. Like, that you would be, you know, that talented, that intelligent, and this is your chosen path. Like, you choose to do this. You choose to start these arguments you choose to put your voice to these these things it's just it's just embarrassing like I just think like like you're just so odd like you cannot pretend that that digging up your dead cat is normal behavior it's not normal behavior I'm sorry people of course they're gonna it's like basic duty or care is everything okay hun do you know what I mean <laughs> you're digging up your dead cat. I'm sorry, that's not how it does. She's like trying to say it was taxidermy or whatever. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Seriously. And then also the f and then you want to do that. Okay, so that's what you want to do in your your oddness. Maybe in your state, that's not illegal. Okay, cool. So it's just alternative behavior. Okay, cool. Why are you putting on social, please? Why are you putting on social media? You're an attention seeker. You're a deep deep, 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 deep attention seeker. That's all you want is attention. You dropped a single the other day, yeah, and maybe it's not getting enough plays. Maybe you're not getting enough, um, what do you call it, interviews as you would like. So what, what does she do? Let me do something crazy. Let me dig up my dead cat and then start playing around with it. What the hell? And then to bring in such a sensitive subject as well. Like, I just think you, you're you disgraceful, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? Just for what? Just for likes, for views, to sell records. Get out of here, man. She's trash. She's actually trash. And she should really and truly, I don't know what it's going to take for her to, 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 to get, get into reality. Just get into reality. This ain't it, sis. It, it's just not it. I'm sorry. Can we also mention the fact that she's singing 212 when she's digging up her dead cat? Now, if that ain't attention seeking, I don't know what is. I need to take that song off my list now. I can't. I just can't. No, it's enough. I don't know how to follow that. Um, I've always joked and said, like, she's my po favorite problematic mad woman. Um, and I do put her in the same kind of basket as Kanye West and other people who flip flop between mental issues and attention seeking and do we do we actually know what the diagnosis is because I suppose if she has got mental issues then this is, must be a period where she's off her meds however if she hasn't got mental issues and it is about attention and she is literally doing it for attention and this is it is problematic and it's gone beyond a joke now because you are just actually I don't know she's I don't know she's it's it's about her isn't it if she wants to put herself out there and get cast and she thrives on it then so be it that's entirely her entire business because she has to deal with the backlash. She's been taken off social media. She's been blocked off social media. She's back on social media. She she obviously likes this heightened sense of um, drama. 
just for attention. I don't even know if it's just for attention because it, it does seem like she's got something wrong with her. So I'm loath. That's the only part. It's like, is she genuinely bipolar, sick, or something like that? Does she genuinely have bad people around her that are just pushing her to do mad things? Is she genuinely uh, on drugs or something like that that makes her lose control every so often? I That's the part that I'm not sure of. That's why I've kind of like, I'm conscious about cussing her outright because I actually don't know what's wrong with her because she does do some mad things and I don't actually know what's wrong with her. So that's the only part that stopped me from absolutely hating her or you know, wanting to cast her out. I actually want to understand what the hell's wrong with her and find out what this is. But if it is just genuine attention seeking, everyone has the facts that, look, she's just doing this for attention, then yeah, she, it's, it's getting a little bit out of hand, but also she's doing it, it's up to her. If she wants to deal with this fall and get gunned and cussed and all that type of stuff, that's your business, because there's a lot of stuff that you deal with. And I don't know what it's like for her in the real world, walking down the street, uh, if she gets, you know, people coming up to her and attacking her and challenging her, I don't know. I don't know what goes on in her mind, but digging up your cat, no, it's not normal behavior. The abortion conversation, we all know that it doesn't make any sense. Um, well, she has her points. Pro-lifers will agree with her, but that's not what I agree with. So that's, it is what it is. And then the other thing, capital punishment, I'm not a fan, but how long is a piece of string and you're conflating arguments? It makes no sense. So I don't know. I'm, my bottom line is Azalea, don't know. I don't know about her. I don't know if she's actually mentally sick. And that's what will draw the line of me cussing her outright. Auntie Nan. That's that's my whole thing with her. I don't know if she is mentally unstable. Um, I think she is to a normality standpoint, but sometimes she speaks so much sense where I'm like, actually, maybe she just views reality on a spectrum that not too many see. But I could, I absolutely understood parts of her, of her, um, of her thread of thought. And then other parts, I'm like, where did that come from? So there's the argument with the abortion and the late stage abortion, if that's even should be something that is available to women in any way. And then also the whole thing of not even discussing abortion and firmly having it as this is a, a human right and 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 isn't up for discussion like this is a woman's right and isn't up for a discussion i i think she has some points in that that i do think that it's not um i don't think it should be blanket as it is now there's something really liberal left leaning that doesn't rub me up the right way and in the full scaleness of time i think we're going to see that there was lots of other agendas that they were doing especially involving black women and yeah it, it, there was something in there where I was like I can I can see why she's bringing all of this up but then there is the huge part of her that is always attention seeking and most definitely digging up your cat and putting it on social media there is nothing else than other than I want to be in the blogs this week which just annoys me because I think she also has part of her mind that is quite brilliant and she can have a social take on things that happen, especially in the music industry, that then gets shut down because of her crazy stances on things as well. I, it, it, yeah, I feel, I feel for her. There's something about her, but I, I really am like, I would love to meet her to see which way she really is in reality. Like, are you bonkers or is there a, a method to your madness that maybe in 20 years time, the world would have caught up to how 
uh, Azalea's mind works. I don't know. Or maybe she is just um, as trifling as she is. Maybe I'm hoping more for her than is actually there. But she still strikes me as somebody that you can listen to sometimes. And sometimes she has an interesting take on things that not too many people will say. I guess because she's destroyed her reputation, there's a freedom in that she says anything, which yeah. lots of people will not do. And that's why I keep following her, because sometimes she says things that nobody else is going to say, and there is some validity to it as well. But yeah, just wanted to have your <sighs> thoughts on, on this one, because I think this is probably the wildest thing she's put out in a very long time. It is. Firstly, it's not taxidermy. What she's saying, she can, she can say that as much as she wants. And if she wants to preserve her kit, her dead cat's bones, then just say that. But it's not taxidermy. Don't make out that that's what you're doing. Because taxidermy, your your animal is stuffed. Yeah. yeah, there's a process that it goes through, and it looks lifelike. You yeah. boiling your cat to get to its bones is not lifelike. It's also not normal behavior. But if that's what you want to do because you cherish your cat and you say that your cat was an icon and it needs to be remembered, then fair enough, you crack on and do that. Why you did that on social media, I don't know. In terms of there being an agenda about abortions, I think to a certain degree, um, Auntie Nanny will write because we know there's an agenda in, in general about the um, the population as far as black people are concerned. We know that. However, I just have to say that late stage abortions are not as easy as getting a pill. There's so many procedures that people have to go through in order to get a late stage abortion. It is not that easy. So people keep saying, pro-life people, that keep making out like it's so easy and you could just go to your doctor and say i'm seven months pregnant i fancy an abortion it's not that fucking easy they need to get a grip okay and azalea i think that she is mentally unstable i really think that there's something wrong with her yeah um let's go to the comments please okay there's quite a lot of um right i'm going from where i stopped because there's a lot Okay, so um, Candy says Azalea and Kanye both need better people around them. Cindy says AV and Kanye West need interventions to help them sort out their mental health. Two words, manic episodes. Aquia says this AV sounds like an idiot. You can't get a late stage abortion as a lifestyle choice. I can't stand people who want to talk about abortion and compare it to everything. Stupid point, stupid person, stupid to even discuss it. Crisis. Ayola <laughs> says she's totally conflating the issue. She needs to sit down and sort herself out. Embarrassment. And queer says, I get you, Auntie Sade. I am embarrassed for her parents and friends. What an idiot. And Mr. Tang says emotional borderline personality disorder. Uh, Beverly says attention seeking. <laughs> Mr. Tang says crack. And it's so hard to ignore her. And Cindy says the most colourful style of whataboutery. <laughs> and Iona says she's sick for nyamming people, them cats. And Iona says there's a fine line between enlightenment and psychosis. Remember also that she's a performer, so you can never tell when she's acting up or speaking up. And Beverly says, I wonder if the cat was boiled in her food pot. <laughs> Laugh out loud. And the queer says, okay, is she sick? Then I take it all back. I didn't know she had mental problems. If 
we was as a society want to have a conversation about abortion, then we need to start with discussing what support services for potential lone parents should look like. The moral discussion of abortion is really about the imposition of opinion and judgment on others. And Sonia Andrew says, I know there are some companies that make gemstones jewelry from ashes, but boiling, that's just cruel, dead cat or not. And Antoinette says, what pot did she boil the cat in? You know what this is <laughs> um, overall is like, does she want to be a part of this actually conversation or does she just make a noise? Because what's the fallout? It's the same as this guy that we've just spoken about, Mr. What's his name on um, the question show. Are you trying to affect change? Even if you don't know, even if we don't agree with the change you're trying to affect, are you actually trying to be a, a sensible part of the conversation or are you just making noise? And then from that, make a decision to engage with this, these people or not, because she, I, mean, I, I don't have anything else to say because if she's sick, she's sick. And if she's not, and she's attention seeking, I switch off. I stopped following her, um, I think when she got locked off. And, I, and I, I don't follow a lot of celebrities because they're so wishy-washy, maybe not as extreme as Azalea, but when albums are coming out, you can't trust anything that they're gonna do or say. You literally can't trust them. So it's really hard to be a fan of anyone. I, I, like, I, again, I think, I think Nana and I come from a long history of um, having to debate Azalea Banks' behavior. And I do see there's moments of brilliance in her, what she says. I do, I would like to meet her too. And actually, no, I know someone who worked with her and it was a shit show to be oh, honest. Okay. <laughs> in the, in the uh, making a video and working with her in that sense. And it was just a whole shit show. However, I, yeah, there's, she's had moments of lucidity where it's like, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, sis. And especially I was for her when she was in that situation with Riza and Russell Crowe. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that situation sounded horrendous and very typical of what a black girl could go through being in those position in that situation. And then she blew it out of war by then doing some other stuff that then counteracted it. So, but as I think in general, there's a problem with celebrities when they want attention or this need to be seen and doing things on social media that make no sense you need to keep behind closed doors no one needs to know your foolishness and her people around her need to take her off social media because there's certain things she's saying that's just reckless so yeah azalea as auntie farah would say do one in this instance <laughs> um <laughs> move on to auntie sade can you me yes okay um so my one's not as dramatic, to be honest. <laughs> um, so, um, okay, Meghan Markle's dad has been in the press this week, again, talking about an up-and-coming um, documentary he's, that he has in the works. He's saying that he's going to show some unshown footage of Meghan's childhood and explore um, what went down in their relationship, how it went left, I guess. Um and basically, I just want to know, what do you guys think? Do you think that this guy is toxic? He's doing the most. Do you think that he's within his right because it's his story too? I mean, he probably never asked to be put into the spotlight, etc. cetera. Um, or if you do think he's toxic, how do you think is the, what's the best way for Megan to deal with her dad? Um... I would say, first of all, he's, um, no, he has every right to tell his story, but he doesn't have the right to tell, share footage or images or anything about Megan because they're not his pictures anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? She's old enough now to have the right over her, the stuff that 
like images and he can tell all the stories he wants. He can sit there and tell stories as it relates to him as a man growing up, raising a daughter. He can tell all the stories he wants. He has the right, unfortunately, whether we like it or not, he does have the right to do that. He just doesn't have the right to use her material and any of her imagery. And if for me, if I didn't like my father in that way and didn't approve of his behavior, then I'd have an injunction out for you cannot use anything. Don't mention or don't use my imagery or stuff like that. Or talk, about, or talk about me in the third person or whatever. Talk, say my daughter, don't say my name, all that stuff. Everything's banned from your mouth to do with me. If that, that's the kind of move I would take. Um, he is problematic. He does seem to be another attention seeker. He didn't ask to be put in this situation, but I'm sure if he got on with her, he'd be very relishing in it. So it actually seems like because he's not getting on with her, that's why he's pissed. And so he's doing all what he can to get all the attention from outside sources. We no one knows the technicalities of the relationship. No one knows actually if she's the witch daughter or he is the dastardly dad. Don't actually know the actual, actual ins and outs. I don't really know the story, but from what I see, I, I feel like I'm on Megan's side. I feel like her dad's problematic and she, he needs to just disappear into and just shut up. But you can do what he wants. And for me, I'll just take out all the injunctions and stop him from using any kind of stuff that I don't want him to use. Auntie Farah. Okay. I think the only thing Mega can do is what she's been doing for the last few years, which is to just ignore him. Because she sent him a letter, a heartfelt letter, and he sold it, basically, didn't he? He gave it to the press and sold it, put it out there for the world to see. No! Um, <laughs> yeah, he's all levels of toxic. So for him to come out and start making out like, uh, I mean, there's a there's an article in the in the Independent where he's saying, um, you know, what's the documentary is going to be about? Like you all said, he's going to explore where it went wrong, talk about their childhood, talk about her childhood and what he used to do and how he introduced her to theatre and X Y Z and blah blah blah. And there's a line where he says, "I just wonder what happened to my baby girl," and it's just like, really, do you though? Because you know. If you really loved your child, you wouldn't try to reach out to her by these means. You just wouldn't. You try to work on your relationship with your child. Do you really think that making all these documentaries, and I just went on IMDb, and he has done uh, The Secrets of the Royal Babies, Meghan and Harry, A Royal Baby Story, Thomas Markle, My Story, He's been on Victoria Derbyshire. He's been on Good Morning Britain multiple times. He's been on Entertainment Tonight, Jeremy Vine, Tucker Carlson's Royal Scandals. The list goes on. These are all programs that he has been on and has benefited from his um, relationship or lack thereof with his daughter. He makes comments about things that he can't actually comment on. When asked how he felt that her and Harry had renounced the royal throne or however it is like they stepped out from their royal duties he said that oh he thinks it's a real shame and that she's ungrateful because there are little girls out there everywhere who want to be princesses and she's just throwing it all away and she's done it for money that's what he said how does he know that he no longer knows her so in terms of what Megan can do and what you do in a situation where you have a member of your family who just keeps coming out, chatting shit, let them chat all the shit they want. Because the person that you are referring to is not me because you no longer know me. That's that. Let him crack on. He's, he's only making himself look like an idiot. Auntie Nano. Yeah, yeah, precisely that. 
it's like um she just ignores him now anyway but her family it's not even just him it's her sister as well they're really trash in it it's like at every opportunity they like jump on it and i do think overall the world kind of doesn't really care too much about her like he did he didn't get um a diana like it's just the, the, the story didn't go in the direction he thought it was going to go. And I just think, yeah, it's just really trashy. And uh, watching the wedding and thinking, like, where's all of her family, especially the black side of the family? But you never know. Maybe for her, unfortunately, she just is a part of a bit of a trash family. So you had to keep all sides away from you. But, yeah, no, it's um, it's just crass. I even think of the media establishments that interview him or work with him as well. They're shitty too, like, because a trashy family member can get ignored. They do often. But if people keep on interviewing them and keeping it going, and it's just like, nah, that's that's disgusting in itself. So him to one side, it's the production companies that keep on working with him. They're equally as trash as him. Yeah, agreed. Auntie Shadow? She's frozen. Sorry. No, I'm here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think, like, I think he's the worst man. <laughs> I didn't know he sold the letter as well. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, I think, like, if he valued any sort of relationship with his daughter, then he would stop this immediately. Do you know what I mean? He clearly doesn't at all. Like, he either he likes being used by the British press or you know, or he's, he's a complete donut. Do you know what I mean? I just, I, I just don't know. But it is, it is kind of, yeah, I think it's embarrassing. <laughs> Do you know what it I mean? It is embarrassing. It's crazy. But um, I was going to say as well, it's just like, you know, um, I don't know if anyone's watched Succession. So I've got really lots of film references and TV references today. But Succession, you know how they go on like big, powerful families and that kind of thing? Yeah. And they basically, you know, I don't want to do spoilers, but they kind of like tell on each other do you yeah. know I mean? and expose each other all the time. And it's like, wow, is if you're on a certain level, is that, that just how it is, you know, that you have to kind of be very mindful um, about what people, people know. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. But I don't think there's much she can do to stop it, um, unfortunately. I think that she... She yeah she can try ignore him maybe the injunction might work I don't know if you can you know soothe those those wounds I don't know if you can heal those kind of wounds if you're gonna put an injunction on your dad like but then I also thought like you know some kids like they ask like oh why are my parents not together and it's just like that's why yeah <laughs> <laughs> not together anymore do you know what I mean and your mum done the good thing right so yeah it's not always uh, stay together for the kids. <laughs> No, I, I, I agree. I think the thing for me is like if the, he's so persistent, that's when it's like, do you know what? It's you could ignore, but the ignoring is difficult when, as we said, the media hypes it up and sensationalizes it and just won't let this gnat go away. Mm. So for me, tying them up in legal things where it makes it that much difficult to that much more difficult to be able to, to be able to even say my name to use my images to talk about situations that I've said are actually off the record and have to be held dear in private. That just to make your life difficult because you're not you're not you're not caring about me. You've gone past caring about me at this point. So let me also get you in this energy. But also, it takes it like it took it took its toll on them. They left the country. They left royalty. They left the perks and privileges of royalty. But do you really think that they had a choice in that? 
I don't, I don't believe that shit for a second. They got dashed out. They, well, well, they didn't. Maybe they got dashed out. Either way, I, but either way, she. But the reality is, she did get vilified, and she's and whatever the case is, she's had enough. How many injunctions are there to take about out against press already in this short space of time that she's been on the scene? So that, let alone whether they got dashed out or not, or not, I would make it as difficult for my dad to do this shit as possible, just because, like, fuck you. Yeah, you know, yeah definitely. Like, I'm not gonna because sitting there and ignoring it, you've got to take the shit. And he's gonna what, all those, all that list of that list, and he's going from couch to couch hopping about <laughs> Karina and then the dirty, dastardly media platforms that are um, hiring these. Well, not hiring. Well, sometimes, sometimes they pay and whatever. And like, yeah, remixing a story that you said ten years ago, and you've got a new spin on it. Oh, yeah, I've got some extra bit of gossip, and it's the same story with one new sentence that you made up last night. Nah, man. <laughs> got to get got you got to have all the injunction they got the resources to shut him up in court for a very long time make him tired don't want to kill you dad i'm gonna make you tired didn't he almost oh no he's had a heart attack already isn't he? No, 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 no. He, he said he had a heart attack okay. so that he didn't have to walk her down the aisle he wow. lied basically yes but yeah. it's the fact that he also said she left royal duties for money now if they uh, you could say that there's a not an easier gig than being a royal member of the family, you know, for some people to remain quite wealthy. <laughs> but she left that for money. What, to go and do a podcast? Like, come on, she ain't getting as much money from them things as she got from fucking sitting down and cutting ribbons and waving her hands in it. Come on now. Not at all. Let's get a comment. <laughs> okay. Right, so Red Border says, Meghan Markle needs a better support system around her, maybe reach out to her mother's side. We don't know what they're like either. And Candy says, Megan's dad needs to give it a rest now. He's so persistent. We don't want to hear about him. And Twinette says, I don't know about you aunties, but I had a smug file on my face when him and, his, and her half-sister were doing the most and saying the most about Megan before the wedding. I was like, praise Jah, it's white people's side of the family entertaining this Tom Tomfoolery. And Red Border says, the press are lapping up the bringing down of the black woman. Read this, read this novel before. I, I must say, I agree with Auntie Antoinette, and look at me, I keep doing it, Auntie Antoinette, um, <laughs> that um, I'm so glad, I mean, it's a small relief that he's not a black man for fuck's sake. I'm, that is that, if there's any joy in this nonsense, Thank the fuck he's not a black man. The thing is, though, if he was a black man, he'd have been shut down ages ago. The press would have gone to him and taught and said, black man, divorcee, has baby mothers all over the place, left Megan. That would have been the headline, you know? That, that would have been the headline if he was black. But Megan is living rent-free in a lot of people's brains still. There's so something for her. Like, she fucking left. Give me a break. She left because you lot chatted so much shit. But yet for all, you're like, oh, but, you know, look at her trying to get press and trying to be... She ain't, though. She's living her life and her husband. Leave them alone. Um, why are we talking about the royal family, Andrew? <laughs> Andrew, why are, you, why are you talking about the royal family? We talk about the news. That's going on. That's what we do. But, yeah, I mean, it's not the royal family per se because they're not no longer... Royal I was just about that's exactly what I was thinking, Andrew. Why are you calling them the royal family and just not a family that people talk about? Thing is, they're still the royal family, they're just the royal family not doing me. royal duties. They are still the royal family. He is still Prince Harry. He didn't, he's still Prince Harry. Anywho, next story before we move on, or as we move on. 
Or have we done all the stories? We finished. No, there should be one more. Yeah, she was going to say there should be one more story. dramatic effect. You just was like, still. I to introduce. Like, you have to do Sorry, my darling. Here's the next story. Jeez. All right, so my new story is about... Drum roll, let me get it up. My new story is about Secretary of State for Housing, Communities and Local Government, Robert Jenrick, who is pro proposing new laws to make it harder for councils to remove historic monuments, um, change schools names or street names of controversial figures with ties to slavery. Now, he also did an article in um, The Telegraph and he basically said that we are, it is it is our privilege in this country to have inherited a deep, rich, fascinating, and yes, often complex past. Um, statues that have been erected by these individuals have great moments of, are representing great moments in British history, he said. Um, they shouldn't just be taken down. They weren't just put up for no reason. We should honor them and explain them rather than just take them down um, at the bequest of flash mobs. That's what he called them. Now, I don't really have a question. I just want to get your comments about this because the thing is, I'm not the question that people should be saying would be saying in his area is that should it be the government that take down have the right to mention this, or should these schools and and you know towns be able to vote amongst themselves? I suppose that could be my question because one of the points that he made is that there was a school in Newham that changed its name from a slave owner's name to like a school like um a, I can't remember what it was. Hold on a second, let me get it. Sorry about this, people. William Gladstone's school, Church of England school, changed their name because William Gladstone had ties to slavery. And he said that basically they shouldn't be able to do that. And it should be, go it, all these things should go to government and they should debate it and they should, they can appeal it and all of that sort of thing. Do you agree with that? Do you think that these statues should come down? You know, what are your thoughts on it? Um, first of all, sorry, Andrew, we didn't know you just jumped in because um, he said he jumped in, so he missed the context of why we were talking about the royal family. Uh, Auntie Nana, what are your thoughts? Okay. Um, right, so one of the only arguments that I had throughout the whole BLM um, saga was with an old school friend. Can you remember when they removed the statue of the Scouts founder? Robert um, Baden Powell. Yeah. When they removed that, and she put up a status on Facebook, just like, oh my God, they're at it again. It's like, it's one thing just to be marching, but now they're removing statues. And then when you actually go into the history of this man, which she then later on wrote, like, I know he has a dodgy past, but I mean, you people just want the world. And we had a back and forth about that. No, I think this person. That who cares? Obviously, they're going to try and keep their their statues up. And for the people that are anarchists and want to go out there and remove it, they're gonna they're gonna do that. And more power to them. Like just just remove the shit that you don't want to see. And for schools, should be changing their names. Um, also, was reading an article on all of the HBCUs in America, and loads of them are named after white people as well. And it was just like this is bullshit. So the more knowledge that goes around where we're surrounded by 
bullshit, we should be taking them down because that's how it changes. They don't put up a statue for no reason. It's a ritual. They're putting it there so it's in our psyche. And the more people that realise this is what they're doing, this is why they have the statues in prominent places and remove it, obviously the establishment are going to fight against it. It's like bullshit to that. You keep on. For the anarchists that are out there, they're going to remove them and they're going to do what they're doing. And so they should. Auntie Shadi. Um, yeah, I think um, I think the government should stay out of it. I think it's it's down to local people and what they want to do, and hopefully those local people will do the right thing, um, and you know not you know give a platform to these these people who've committed heinous crimes against humanity. Um, so yeah, that's I, I I don't know, short and sweet on this one. I think like mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's it's ridiculous that that. He's a member of parliament, right? Or mm-hmm. yeah, that is th- this is his issue right now. There's a hundred and one thing, other things that you could be focuses on on right now, and it's just this is what you chose. Like really, like he, he needs to lose his job, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Replace him with someone who has better interests. <laughs> um, do you know what? Uh, contextually, if a bunch of white folks in Ghana wanted to take down statues because my leaders oppressed their people in some way. I don't know. I can understand the um, patriotism and the nationalism that has that immediate reaction to don't do that. That's my history. So I understand that. I understand why people are bothered, the English people or the Welsh people, the indigenous people of this country. Um, I agree that their their, um, symbols, rituals and signpostings to honour a legacy that is disgusting to a bunch of us and um, the deeper meaning of it. That's why I don't like going in the city. I think that the spirits in the city is disgustingly devilish and horrible and all the gargoyles and stuff, species Mm. that I do not know about and I can't stand. So when we go raving in the city, I swear to God, I pray a lot. Um, I don't like it. um, however, they, yeah, there's a little bit of, I understand why they're pushing back on their history being taken down and erased. There's something about erasing the history so that we then are we forget or it's erasing it. So that continues this whole Britannia ruled the waves in this heroic sense. There's something about that that rubs, that makes me wonder why, okay, if we don't take the statues down, what do we do? Because I think it's the lack of historical education because we can, if they, if I, again, I agree, it's not a government's decision. If a school wants to change its name, let a school change its name. Because I think there's, there's, there's also something about an institution being named after someone like William Gladstone, and then you're teaching children and there's immigrant children in that school being taught. It's, it's a madness. I think that's wrong, and I think it should be up to the school to make those decisions. The statues thing, I think there's something about the history that we're not taught, the true history that we need to be to work on. I think that's more important. That's more important. And then we talk about the statues. I'm not sure about how I feel about the statues. I don't, I, I'm for the anarchy, take them down if you can take them down. If they say that we're not taking them down, I'm like, oh, fuck it, what's, what's more important that we know the truth about these people and it should be, it should be more explicit. Because um, there's something about, because even with the whole, in from the media perspective, this thing that they're doing now with this colorblind casting and throwing black people into historical shows and stuff like that, and Bridgerton's silly, but there are other like more serious historically, supposed to be historically factual sh- films and TV shows. 
where they're putting black people in out of context and people are happy. Oh, I'm happy to see a black person in this period because we were there, but contextually a lot of us, there were a few that were in the percentile that would have been in high society, flouncing around having dances and teas. <laughs> it wouldn't have been necessarily that and it would have taken a lot, but we're now being place, placated and, and, and oh, yes, okay, if you want to argue that we're not in a period drama, let's put you in then. And then you can't argue because now you're in it, but then, and if you're not a slave, then you're in this fancy dress and top hat and tails. So that's all right then. But then what was the story behind that? So there's an erasure of history and then it's always positioning white folks as the heroes and not telling the true story. That's the problem. That's what rubs me the wrong way when it comes to this remixing of history. Um, but I do agree with the fact that it's problematic having these symbols in our faces as well as immigrants in this country. So I'm a bit wishy-washy on that, but the fallout in this thing of having us, yeah, then it, there's something that it plays into the media that I don't like either. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm a little bit not sure about this. Should we get comments? Oh, okay. Far, who wanted, Far needs to come back to me. <laughs> sorry, my bad. Forget to ask me the question. Forget. <laughs> I mean, sorry, Rocky. For me, I think that it's his tone. His tone is very right wing. His tone is very much like, well, this is our history and we should celebrate it. And this is what happens. There's a line that he says that he thinks it's ludicrous that people should want to take down the statue of Winston Churchill. But Winston Churchill is a very controversial figure. There's, you know, Winston Churchill killed hundreds and hundreds of people. So, and I'm not talking about during the World War. I'm talking about there's lots of um, Indians who he killed, basically. There's lots of things that happened to them over there. So he's a very, very controversial fi figure. Um, he says that this hasn't worked in America and he hopes that we don't go down the same route. He's, you know, he says that it shouldn't be for these woke worthies to oh, um, wow. make things. Yeah, th those are the words that he used. These mm -hmm. woke worthies and town hall militants to make these decisions and that it shouldn't be hidden, it should be explained. So my thing is, if he doesn't understand that in a multicultural society, which is what Britain is now, if he doesn't understand that having figures up that represent people who made their wealth off of slavery and colonization, if he doesn't understand how that affects people day to day, then he needs to get some help. What should happen, I'm all for not getting rid of your history because it happened. What should happen is maybe some of these statues should go into museums and they should be looked at there rather than having them up for all the world to see and people to pass by and to constantly, like you said, it's in your psyche, isn't it? You're worth nothing, aren't you? Like if you keep seeing a statue of a slave owner, it's, it's in your psyche. So maybe put it in a museum where it can be looked at and it can be explained like they do with all the things that they've gone around the world stealing. Maybe they put yeah. it in a museum with those things. That's what I was gonna say. But um, yeah, his, it was his tone more than anything else that struck me. And he was like, I will use all my powers in my rights as secretary of the schools and states and this and that and the other to make sure that these things don't happen. I will pass this law. And it's just like, you've got no empathy to, your country isn't just white. It's not at all, it hasn't been for centuries. If you look at history, it hasn't been completely white. And also about indigenous people, are there any, I've said it before, are there actually any English yeah. indigenous people? There's I not. Yeah, I said it. Many people. The royal family aren't even indigenous to this country. No, they're German. Yeah, <laughs> what I thought actually, do you know what would be a better thing? Let's cha change who we, as humans, idolize and and put on a pedestal and put into and cast as statues. There must be some other English, Welsh, UK um, 
so-called people that you could put on a statue instead. So take down the ones that have done genocide and murder and rape and pillaging and or sanction that and replace them with a different, maybe that's what it is because maybe that's how you appease those people that feel like the history is being erased. You can leverage the argument, well, if you don't want to have this bastard, have this leader who wasn't like that and didn't advocate that and did a lot more positivity um, if you can, you know, find anyone <laughs> in this country that did that and replace those statues with more, um, I don't know, respectable, peaceful leaders that, I don't know, that maybe that's the um, alternative rather than, because I think they feel like history's gone, their history's gone. It's not my history. Well, I, well, I think what um, Auntie Farah said is spot on. Like the British Museum is basically full of um, ancient Egyptian and Roman artifacts. There isn't any British history in that because all the British history is lying in the streets. Remove the stuff from the streets, give back all of the artifacts that you have in that massive building that isn't actually British, and then you have the British Museum. And then alongside the statues, you state why this is in there. That's your history. They're so ashamed of their history that you have a whole building where the only thing that I could find that was British in there was a chessboard. There was nothing British. So it's like, actually, you have all of your history lying in the streets. Take it, put it in the museum. People that want to go and see it and relive history can do that. And you give everything back. You give Nigerians back what you stole from them, Benin back what you stole from them. It's like, actually, the country has history that you're just hiding because you are ashamed of it. And then when people bring it up that how shameful your history is, then you want to start being like, you're erasing us, but your British Museum doesn't have anything British in it for a reason. It's just, it's, it's a foolishness. It's like a bag of crock. Um, right, let's get the comments. So, Antoinette says, I agree that the statues should be taken down. They should be that should not be taken down. They should be plaques placed next to them explaining why this person is historic. They should say this person made a fortune through the transatlantic slave trade and their descendants have benefited from the fortunes he made. Be clear about it. Give us the whole history, not just the smooth part. They need to explain the wealth, name it. If it's such a historic past, they should be proud of it and say the name of all of it. Red Border says the problem is that the statues represent heraldry, heraldry, I think is the word, and perceived success of the colony. Hiding the actual truth are currently and are currently celebrated as they stand tall on pedestals. Jenrick has form, he thrives on stoking the fire. He is the man that tried to fast track planning permission in Tower Hamlets to avoid his friends paying their community obligations. And why do we need statues, have benches, build playgrounds? The idea of looking up to somebody's professed terrorism is a joke. And Priscilla says, I wish he would use all his power to get justice for the Grenfell victims, the living amount of people caught up in leasehold trap where they have to pay for fixing, cladding, cause, cause, etc. cause. That's literally his job, not worrying about statues. Right. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. And I'm inclined to agree with you, Farah, um, about the museum and what Nana echoed. Yeah, makes better sense. And everything everyone said. So moving on to Auntie's No Best. Do you have a I have a problem to read? Does anyone have any? I have one. 
Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I never have a dilemma. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what's going first, Auntie Shada or Auntie Nana? I can go. Oh, you said together. Um, okay, I'll go. I was going to say scissors, paper, stone, or whatever it's called. Go on. Yeah. I was going to say box, paper, scissors. Don't worry. Go on. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Dear auntie, please help. Um, also, I love the show. Um, I recently <laughs> proposed to my fiance. We're in love and it's great, but she recently asked me for a bigger ring. <gasps> I mean, I know I've been taking advantage of COVID by not spending and all that. So I really, really love to save the penny. And Argus were doing a great deal. So I thought, what the hell? Her best friend did tell me, don't do it. But I couldn't really be that bothered. What should I do? Should I get her the bigger ring or should I leave it? Auntie Farah, because you're busting up. <laughs> because at first I was like, later, how could she be asking him for a bigger ring? You don't ask for that straight away. You wait until you've been married a while and then he when he can afford it, he gets you a bigger ring if that's what you want. But then you said, Oh gosh. Boy. So did he buy it? So he bought the ring from Argos. Did he say it was on discount? I missed that bit. I was laughing too hard. Yeah, they they it, he got it because they were doing a great deal. But the ring is, I'm told, the ring is is tiny. It's like like a speck. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, man. I just think that if you can't Oh, it's so complicated because we say like you shouldn't be materialistic and this, that, and the other, and a marriage is about rather than the materialism and the, you know the, the ring and this what they can do for you and, and this shit. However, if my fiance only proposed to me because Argos were doing a deal, and then the deal was some little miniature Cuban zirconia type <laughs> ring. Cuban zirconia. <laughs> Not even cubic, Cuban. <laughs> There's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something seriously wrong. <sighs> I don't even have an answer because I would just be like, nah, I'm out. How does she say yes to that? She said yes when she saw it. So, yeah, so apparently she said yes in the moment because obviously she didn't want to embarrass, like, to say no because of a ring. Do you know what I mean? But now, like, She's like, I need a bigger ring. You know what she should do? You know what she should do? Has he got a credit card? You know what she should do? She should lose the ring in inverted Yeah, she should lose it. Say, oh, babe, do you know what? I lost it. It keeps falling off. Like, she got to do it quick. she got to do it smart, though. So for about, like, two weeks, she's got to be like, oh, have you seen my ring? It keeps falling off. Oh, I was washing the dishes, and I didn't want to damage it, because, you know, the ring is so small. Like, it could have got damaged. It's really sweet to me, but it's so small that she could say, like, I've lost it. Then she could be like, I've replaced it with this. I didn't want to tell you until I got a replacement. Here's my replacement. Guess what? Tiffany were doing a deal also. Ooh. That's it. That's not a bad idea. It's a plan. Auntie Nana. I don't want to say it, but this is a sign of things to come, chick. Like, it's it's not on. This is this. If you put up with this and you don't put your foot down, every 
everything that you think you're going to get, it's going to be the bare minimum. So when you're like, we're ready to buy a house, he's going to be looking at a shack. Oh, let's buy a car. He's going to want a banger. It's going to just set the precedent for the rest of your days. And I think if you're, from when you're saying, I need a bigger ring, and he is a bit like, mm, I don't know if I should even get a bigger ring. It's long. It's long. You just have different priorities. He could have proposed to another girl and she would be happy with a thin, thin band, little, like she would have been happy with the, the top of a, a, you know, a Pepsi can. Like there are some women that don't care or you could make it up or you could, you, you could make a ring, a wooden ring. But if you're not that girl and this is that guy, don't do it. Just, 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 just it's, it's bad. It's a bad sign. It's a bad sign. Going to Argos is not where you buy a ring yeah. to propose with. Like, I think that is a big, huge red flag that he thought I should go to Argos and get a ring. I think that's a big, like, nah. And then that he went there because there are some big rings in Argos as well, but he got the smallest because it was on offer. He does not value your life. Don't, nah. That is some fucked up shit. Wow. Yeah, no, no. How much did it cost? That's a lot. Come on, no, this is out of order. Like, just value yourself more. I'm not even one for the whole ring thing because, right. <laughs> I don't even know. Am I being a hypocrite? No, because then I grew to love my ring. But when I first got my engagement ring, I didn't really like it. But I didn't like it for size. It was more the style wasn't how I imagined my engagement ring to be so I would personally if I was in like actually advising my friend I would say I don't think your engagement ring or any ring that you're going to wear for the rest of your life should be a surprise I think you can propose and then we go ring shopping like I don't think the ring needs to be a surprise because it's taste and it's going to be on your finger so but if the ring that was a surprise actually is like this is the ring that is not befitting of you as a human being. No, the person has to change it, and they have to change it willingly. You can't. They can't. You can't feel like oh, I'm being out of order for wanting a bigger ring. And if the your fiance is questioning that you deserve a bigger ring because you want it, he doesn't need to be your fiance for much longer. So much, much just add, yeah, that they. It's not like they don't have money. They have money and they have houses as well kind of thing but this is what he's chose because he, that's he, why you're rubbing it in now you're rubbing it in you're rubbing it in because that's taking the piss now now he's yeah. actually he's actually got money i was gonna you know the saddle stein maybe he's on the universal credit he did the best that he could but no you took away my little extra story to give the man some cushion <laughs> uh, my thing is here at the point at, at point of knowing your person so that means if you two don't know each other, she shouldn't be surprised. If she don't know that her man's a tight ass fucking cheapskate, why are you even asking this question, sending this letter in? You should know your man. On the flip side, why if he, he intentionally, knowing how society stayed, you can talk about materialism, you can talk about all of this stuff. Now, if you know your chick is like every, like most women who mostly really want a nice size engagement ring with, just so she'd be like, this is my ring. 
if that be the case and you know your woman, but yet you still intentionally went to Argus with intention, know it and pick the smallest. And these times now, as Auntie Shada has expanded, you have got crazy bank, you've got properties. As everybody has said in this conversation, this man does not respect you. He does not love you. This is a red flag. He's taking the risk. He's controlling, manipulative, manipulative <laughs> and he's trying to fuck out of you because then you'll be down the line trying to, can I get some food for the baby? No, because we ain't got enough money. Some, or he's going to be controlling. You might end up in a situation, an abusive, controlled relationship. But what the hell is he telling you? I would have given room if he was on universal credit. And I would have given room if you're being... If you was like a witch, it's been like, I wanted more. And these times, you know, your man's struggling. But Auntie Sade said, you lot got bank and he knows you. My missus needs the rockety rock. One where you've got to lift your arm up like that. He went to Argos. Who goes to Argos? Who goes to Argos? Well, how much you go to Argos for, but not a damn. It's like, even H. Samuels is a problem. I don't even know they still did rings. H. Samuels is anymore, does it? Remember rappers? It does. There's one in there. Can I say something? He's moving like he's in school. Because you know yeah. like when you're in school and your boyfriend buys you a ring, those rings that have got the hands at the sides. Oh, oh, oh. in the middle. Oh. It's like this guy. No, no, What's no, wrong? Nobody goes to Argos. I'd have bought her a sovereign. Go on, Auntie Shade. Does it actually matter? My thing is like, okay, right. <laughs> I'm not saying this is for me. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, right? Like, does it actually matter? Like, because my thing was like, well, why don't you just not wear the ring? Do you have to wear the ring? Could you not just get tattoos or something? Do you know what I mean? Or some something like like Auntie Nana was saying, like different type or whatever. Like, like, Friday, tattoos are not cheap. <laughs> he probably wouldn't have gone for a tattoo either. If you're spending like 20 quid on a ring, you're not going to spend a hundred pounds and getting your finger. What if the design for him because he knows it's expensive is a line? But does it matter though? Because this is my I, I think my point is that that, that when people get married, yeah, when they do the ring, the dress, the big event and stuff, it's all for other people. It's all for other people. The actual, the actual union of two people—that's sacred, right? That's supposed yeah. to be the thing, and that's what's supposed to matter. So none of this should matter. It shouldn't matter. In theory, like, because when I was listening to the story unfold, and maybe I'm being very, from a very, very underprivileged position of never having that ring, right? So, in the, like I said, you've got to know your man, know the situation, know what your values are, all those type of things. So, in an idyllic world. It doesn't matter. It's the, it is about the union. It is all about show, show, and it is about yes. Look at my ring. Hold it up. Look, there's my oh, ring. Yeah. And when people go on like that, I actually don't like the idea. Like my ring's got to be some big, huge thing. Whereas knocking out my eye, I even come and stroke my hair or something like that. I don't necessarily need all of that. But this guy has done a calculated move. This is beyond mm -hmm. the union yeah. and the love. You've actually because you, everyone knows what it is in society. So at this point. I think there's a little bit of thought on both sides because she's acting surprised. If you know your man's like, you must know your man's like that because did he just out of the blue come go Argos or is it a joke? Maybe it's like two weeks later. Ha ha! It's true, true. He, went, he went to South Africa and got a big diamond yeah, ring. Oh, this this may be jokes. This may be jokes. Auntie Shani, because I originally said... Say it again. I'm with you, Auntie Shani, because I originally said it's about the unity, this, that, and the other, but he's being calculated. Yeah. Yeah. He's being calculated. He got her the tiniest, minuscule 
One second, go. I, I put a, a picture of the ring in the WhatsApp group. Did you can see? Can we hold it up on the phone? Can we hold it up? Can you guys see that? You're trying it. You know what's like? You know when you get a christening and you get a ring for your baby? That's a christening ring. No, even even the ones that I'd buy for my niece, it, it, it was bigger than that. <laughs> Wait, listen. I would nah. have had a pet, you know what that looks like? You know what that looks like? You know when you get like um fake rings, yeah? It's got like multiple diamonds and things off on it, and then they fall off. Yeah, with one thing. That's what that looks like. No, she can't wash up. She can't do. It. She can't, I told you she got to take that ring off every time she washes up. Otherwise, that stone, that pebble, that chip is coming out. Mm -hmm. about in contrast, you know about the ring, big ring that will knock you out. It's too big. That one, that's the one that will give you as one of them paper. <laughs> Little She's scratching at herself. Wake up in the morning with blood on your face for no reason. Jamting. Yeah. Oh my god! No, but hold on. Let me just say something. So I know a couple who they snowboard and stuff, right? So when they got engaged, he got her. It was probably about as thin as that, maybe a tiny, tiny bit thicker. But and it had like diamonds sunken in, like it was very, very small diamonds, but sunken in. But this guy had taken thought. It's not like he went to Argos. He actually got this specially made yeah. for her with the thought that they do a lot of sports. They do a lot of activities. It has to, you know, can't scratch, can't fall off, all of it can't get damaged. There's no thought in that, bruv. How, how did you pick this ring? This no, no, no. Right. Right. You're just giving the story. You're giving the story. You're giving the story. Maybe. Nah. Maybe it's like he's like, we're so rich. We got some. I don't want you to get robbed, baby. When I'm not with you, baby. So I just gave you a little something, baby. My well, love. Is a big, big one. Yeah, then, why would you, then you might get. This is this is literally the story. You okay. might get robbed because people might think it's real. You get attacked, baby. I don't want you out there like that without me. So, baby, I'm gonna get you this cheap ring, but it doesn't symbolize <laughs> nothing. It means I love you because I care about you. As far as I did that. Hang on. I, can I, I just story. Can I ask? Is she sure it's an engagement ring? It's a French ring. It could be a toe. It could be a toe. It could be a toe jewelry. And she made a mistake. I just don't. I can't see. Let's get the comments. Let's get the comments. Let's get the comments. I'm hot. I'm so hot. All right. All right. I wish you could share this ring. Oh, we have God. we have Nee Odate Evans say red flag. Forget her. How dare she ask for a bigger ring? And love Mavanga says, nah, we needed to see the ring. And Nee says, tiny by whose standard? The woman that has the audacity to ask for a bigger one. Iola says, Cuban. That was hilarious. Uh, Love has said it again. We need to see it. We did show it in the end. And Mr. Tang says, if he can't buy the size ring that she'd appreciate, what should they even should they even be getting married? My thoughts exactly. Isn't he supposed to know what she likes at this stage? Iola says, here, here, Auntie, Auntie Nana. Love says, we all know she wants a big ring for the gram. Uh, Nia Adate says, snobs the lot of ya. If Argos had the style he wanted for his wife, then what of it? 
<laughs> Love says, maybe it's a test. Maybe the rock is coming. And how small is small? And then we showed it. And then Love says, I'm weak. Iola says, that's a picnic ring. Dash him. And me says, that picture is fake news. <laughs> Antoinette said, he is not serious. Saw the size of it and wow. It would have been better if he gave her an IOU for the ring instead of that. Iola says, no effort at all. And Candy says she needs to run if he tries to have the wedding during lockdown because there's restrictions on numbers. It'll be really cheap. And Ronald says, when you ladies are on point, you are really on point. And Red Border says, laugh out loud, toe ring. And Red Border said, I missed the ring. Gonna watch it back. We need to actually put the ring on um, IG stories if we're allowed. <laughs> maybe we're not allowed maybe to do I'll, that. I'll draw it. <laughs> it's that easy. You can draw it. <laughs> the thinnest circle with the thinnest pen and a dot. Imagine you got that though. Imagine you've been waiting all this time for your man to propose to you and he proposed to you with the box. Um Nana, Auntie Nana. Okay. The thing is, my one is about um, a wedding too. So this was on the internet. So some people may have read this already. This is, um, I've been with my boyfriend for two years. We've been talking about marriage for about the last five months. I told my boyfriend, no matter what, do not propose to me on Christmas, New Year or Valentine's Day. It's so expected and not epic at all. I also told, told him if he did, I would say no. And I didn't care who was around. Well, what did he do on Christmas Day in front of all of his family? Yep, he proposed. And I said, no, the ring was beautiful, but I wasn't kidding when I told him I would say no if he proposed to me on a holiday. Now he's mad at me and his family thinks I'm a spoiled bitch. I guess they all hate me now. And he said he's not too sure if he'll ask again for fear of embarrassment. Who's right? Who's wrong? I just don't see where I messed up. I can see where he did, though. Hashtag Christmas proposal. What do you guys think? You know, I, I hear that in terms of like not getting proposed to on on a, an existing holiday. Because really and truly, if something was to go wrong with the marriage then you're stuck with that memory on that on that year you know what i mean like so on that day forever and ever kind of thing so i i get that and also you can make it um oh i'm hearing feedback um but you can make it a special day do you know what i mean like outside of what already exists kind of thing yeah are we good yeah um yeah so i think you should make it a special day outside of what already exists kind of thing so i kind of hear that um He's obviously got hard ears because she said what she wanted and you didn't listen. Do you know what I mean? However, I do think it's a bit strong to say no. You could have said yes, been annoyed and still said yes. Do you know what I mean? If you really want to be with him, do you know what I mean? But I do feel like, yeah, like, I don't know. What, do, what, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. People make it, it, it depends what your deal breaker is. That's what I think. It, it really depends what your deal breaker because in any relationship, you're only going to get 80% of what you want anyway. Do you know what I mean? So if his, if his, if within his 80% he's giving you is that, oh, you know what? I, I don't, I don't listen to that finer detail, but I'm still going to give you what you want. That might be okay. Do you know what I mean? Um, and he does everything else, then it might be okay. But I, I don't know. I think it's a bit strong. It's a bit strong to say no. I think. Andy Farah. I think that she probably doesn't want to marry him. That's what I really think. Because you can't... Okay, I'm with you, Auntie Sharda, and like I don't want to be proposed to if I'm ever proposed to on those days because of the same reasons that you said, that day will forever hold that, or my birthday, or any of those things that, you know, are kind of like key moments. But um, I think if she has said no to him but she would have said no to him, yes to him on another day. I actually question whether or not she really would have said yes to him on another day. Because what difference does it make? If this is the man that you love and this is the man that you can see you spending the rest of your life with, who gives a shit? He's done it. It's not necessarily what you want, but you work on it, don't you? You say yes to him or, or you know, you say, you maybe later on you have the conversation, ah, oh, you really didn't listen. You just did it on your own. You did, went off on your own thing, innit? But, you know, I'm happy that we're here. But it just sounds like she is very much, this is how I want it, and there's no compromise or no bend in there. You, you can't say no in front of his whole family when in your heart of hearts the answer is yes. That's the fact that it's Christmas Day is not a good enough reason for you to say no, as far as I'm concerned. So she's got a bigger reason to say for saying no, and that's what she needs to think about. Yeah, agree. I think it's, and again, it's back to the nature of a relationship. Like, is he being pig-headed by not listening? And is, is that a red flag about the type of guy that you're marrying where you've had constant conversations and he never listens? And it's another thing. I just put in a small request, do this for me. But yet he went against it. It's not, he could be a stubborn, arrogant fool and feels like his way is the best way and the only way. And you don't know nothing. And that's a red flag, to be honest. Or she's doing the most. It's, uh, I, I'm not sure if I... If you're going to propose to me and you're doing a good enough job and you do it in a way that makes my heart melt, then... You, whatever day just proposed to me isn't it if we got to that point and it makes sense makes sense i i understand the whole the significance and it's an easy day to do it but i think it, i don't know if i actually am bothered about it being on a, a, a significant day um because it depends about the effort that he puts into it if he's like oh do you want to get married and that's not the context of our relationship and it's actually you know that he's been lazy whatever day you do it i don't want to because you why are you asking me like that but if he's put effort and it happens to be on a significant day barring me saying don't do it on that day then I don't really mind it's about the nature of relationship what type of guy he is I do think it's the most if it's just because you literally if he's a if he's either if he's the guy for you great character does everything ticks most of the boxes or all the boxes and you're just saying no because on a day that you don't want then what does that say about you as a woman are you a bit petty and uh, petulant and a bit throw your toys out of pram because things don't go your way are you that type of person? And that means maybe you're being a bit selfish and insensitive. And yeah, as Auntie Farah says, you don't want to marry him because what? it's literally a day. Yesterday or today's my birthday, tomorrow you get proposed to. I don't know, it's all silly to me. I don't know. Auntie Nano. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm surprised you guys took that stance on it, you know, because when I read it, I absolutely understood why she was like, no, because I thought if we've been talking about something for five months and I have really stipulated I don't want this to happen on these types of days and you did it I would be like nah then my word means nothing whatever I say I want 
if you want it, I always will get overridden. If I don't put my foot down on it, if I don't say what I said would happen, I I I feel like that would I would always be on the back foot because it's like a parent in it. If you if you say you do this and this is the punishment and then you don't fulfill it, you it's very hard to get back. And it, I I would have in my in my head even if I really wanted to say yes because you had done it and the ring was beautiful there would be a part in my mind that's like, if you don't put your foot down here, because you said that you would, d d this is a hiding to nothing. I mean, but it may it may still be a hiding to nothing. Like, really, maybe he proposed on that day because he knew you'd say no. Who knows? But says that. <laughs> like, um... I think it's about the backstory of their relationship, because it could be, if, you're, if it's to the point where that day is a signifier that, your words are going to be taken going forward. What, where, what has the rest of your relationship been like that? That is the day that you decided that. Because leading up to that, there must have been many decisions that have been overridden for you to get to the point where this is the one thing, it will be the deal breaker. Do you know what I mean? So that's yeah, why I'm yeah. like, it's about the nature of the relationship because it could be for whatever reason, it's about the two people in this relationship and what the history is to the, this point, to the point where she's like, don't do it. And then he's like, I'm going to do it anyway. What is the nature of your relationship that, that where this happened and how this happened? But I guess it's the same thing, because even if she was like, I'm stipulating marriage, how, how you're going to do a proposal? These are the days that I don't want it to take place. And if he still does his own thing, maybe that's why she said it, because she knew I'm not like he doesn't listen to me. So I guess, yeah, I guess it's probably the same type of thing. If he doesn't listen to you at any stage, you don't need to marry him. And then why, yeah, why, why are you even going to there? Then why are you getting even as far as the fact that yeah. either way, then that means there's a problem in relationship from time, yeah. isn't it? Let's get some comments quickly. Okay. So Nee says, y'all weren't made for each other. Go your separate ways and stop wasting each other's time. And then he says, to be fair, this was his plan. He never wanted to marry you, but also didn't want to be the bad guy. It's a win-win for him. Yeah, that's why you're my husband. That's exactly what I was thinking. And Ronald says, maybe it was important to him to propose in front of his entire family. And Christmas was the only time that he knew they would all be together. That's true as well. Very true. Maybe. Okay. Um, so, uh, can we do one more, or do we have to move on? Okay, we've got to move on. Says right, on. <laughs> boss, boss lady, Auntie Farah. Okay, <laughs> for, the culture, for the culture, for the for the for the culture. Um, what's for the culture? Well, for the culture, <laughs> it's a bunch of nonsense in the music industry. I think you guys have brought some stories, all sorts of stuff happening in the music industry. We've got Stormzy versus Chip. We've got M. Huncho's face being revealed. We've got Idris Elba on the on the deck <laughs> of the track. And um, I'm sure there was another story. Oh, yes, and Funkmaster Flex talking about Drake better than Jay-Z. What guys do you lot want to talk about for the culture? The music world's gone mad. I think the first question is, should Stormzy respond to Chip? Quickly, let's get through this very quickly. Should Stormzy respond to Chip? And if you yeah. don't, basically, Chip <laughs> issued a flurry of this. I think it's on his fourth now of tracks calling out Stormzy in the nature of musical beef and real life beef. Um, he's called him Stormzy out on the tracks, and Stormzy has not answered or responded. He's people are accusing him either of taking the higher ground 
or being scared scared because Chip is a lyrical bandit as for the UK from UK standards anyway. Um, and people saying that Stormzy don't want that smoke. And some people are saying that it's um, not, you know, it's not the way of rappers to not deal with a call out. You have to deal with it. Stormzy did deal with Wiley when Wiley called him out, but for some reason he's not responding to Chip. What is it? Why is it? Should he or shouldn't he? Auntie Shadok, it looks like you want to say something. Yeah, so I was just going to say, yeah, you see with Wiley, yeah, you've got to remember that Stormzy's got a track, yeah, that basically basically is like homage to Wiley. Do you know what I mean? So for Wiley to be from, that's about a deep, deeper personal kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I just don't, I, I can't equate those two battles. I just can't equate it. Also as well, I don't think Wiley's not a battler either. Do you know what I mean? So there's that. And what's going on between Chip and Stormzy is much deeper than tracks. That's what it seems like at the moment. So, and like, no one should battle. There's two people that no one should battle. Lady Lachia and Chip. Don't yeah. battle. Don't. Just... Just respectfully decline, like, <laughs> forget it. Because we've got bars upon bars upon bars. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, and I think not just by UK standards, by global standards, they are elite in their game. Do you know what I mean? Like, both of them, they're, they're pretty amazing. But I don't think Stone Stormzy has to. He has no, he, he has no, he, he's not going to make anything by doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, apart from like what some some street cred, which he's not really street anyway, anyway, in terms of like the music that he makes anyway. So there's no point. There's absolutely no point. So nah, I don't think he needs to. Auntie Nana. Yeah, um, the wire quote always comes to my mind. Um, it's just like the game is rigged. You can't lose if you don't play. And really Stormzy, he'll be out of his depth going against Trip anyway. And I just think he's, He's the king at this moment, and if he tries and he loses, then Chip takes his his crown. So you don't need to fight with this one because we know Chip is just phenomenal, and he probably has another 20 diss tracks waiting for when Stormzy releases anything. So he should just, he should just mind his business, do what he's doing. Like, he doesn't need to fight Chip. It, do, it doesn't need to happen. But, yeah, no, it's... um. And I didn't really think Chip's last one was that great, you know. I felt like it was the same as all the others. Actually, I was like, no, there was a couple of good bars in there, but it wasn't like you know, a guy, yeah. And you you learned his language to diss him. <laughs> that's cold. That's cold. That's cold. <laughs> that's that's <deep. laughs> that's deep. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. People just need to, Stormzy needs to be quiet because there's no winning with Chip. There's no way that he can win with Chip. Even if he spits one line that is considered okay in comparison or makes you go a little bit like, oh, he might have got Chip there. Chip will release 10,000 tracks, one after the other, and every single thing that he says, Stormzy will just need to hide underneath his blanket. He doesn't need to respond. Best thing that he can do is not respond. And, he, uh, uh, you know, respond or don't respond. But for me, just don't, because you just can't out chip chip, basically. Yeah. You just yeah. can't. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just don't do it. Leave it alone. Enjoy yourself in Ghana. Have fun with Burner Boy. You're making money. You, you've got a great tune out with Gets right now. You just, you, you make tunes and you do your thing. You're living life, enjoy it. Um, I mean, your ego might be taking a knocking. I don't know how he feels. I don't know if he's bothered or not. I'm sure there's some. The only thing I was concerned about or thought was a bit silly with him pulling up at chips. I thought that behavior was a bit weird. You don't need to be in the 
line of fire doing any kind of nonsense like that. Let's not take it to the streets like that. Whatever you lot's personal, personal, deep down beef is usually probably isn't about much worth it, all of that, risking all you lots of money and status and freedom to be not be stupid. And also knowing that your goons are the ones that will probably do the nonsense and have their lives affected because this is going on when it gets out of hand. Just, I mean, Chip, continue. Chip also needs to stop in the end because you've won. You've, you've actually won now. It's okay. You've won. No, but he's not going to stop until they're I know he's well, until he's What they'll do is that five years later, like he did with Bunty Malone, is they'll bring out a track together. Do you know what I mean? This so, is what I'm saying. That, so, yeah. But that's the one thing. Stormzy can't. Like, he just doesn't, like, I love, don't get me wrong, I love what he stands for. I love what he's bringing to the culture. I love his, do you know what I mean, kind of thing, his contribution. But lyrically, bro, no. The only thing that Chip did that was a little flaw in his thing was that he said twee instead of tree. And yeah. if he had said tree, because that rang in my ears, it's like it's not twee, but he did a bad he did a matters though. He I, did. I need to go back and see if there was a if, if there was a reason for that because there probably was because he's that deep. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I doubt that he did that. No, I actually think he made a mistake. He made a mistake. It, 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 was, it was wicked because he learned the tree. He said everything else perfectly. He said, with Jimmy, he said everything, but he said tweet. And I was a bit like, ah, you could have said tree and then it would have just been absolutely perfect. What I resent is that people are saying that Chip's doing this for clout chasing. Chip ain't got no clout to chase. He doesn't need to. It's not clout chasing. He's got street. I don't know. Whatever. No, I mean, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about amongst the street. I'm talking about people like the same people that don't know about Chip. They only know about Stormzy, and they're saying that Chip's doing this because he wants to get where Stormzy is. He's not battling. What is he doing? Because the thing with Chip is that um, you know, like he doesn't have great singles. Do you yeah. know what I mean? He doesn't actually have a great singles, and he's got a track coming. He's got an album mixtape coming out on the twenty ninth. So we've got to see what that's gonna gonna be. But like, but he, he has hmm? said that he has said that he's got reasons for doing this. He came out on Instagram the other day and was like, I'm going to give you lots of fodder for your clubhouse chats later on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he spoke about the fact that Stormzy's doing things that he's just not bringing to the light. So, like you said at the beginning, there's more to this than just battling. Yeah, you can't be, you yeah, can't I mean, be using your brand as being, like, a godly man and black and and then you're running up on people's houses. Yeah, you know what I mean? Unless you're a member of Spack Nation. That's <laughs> And also, it's, it's all about clout. Because as Auntie Anna said, the game is rigged. So, And as Auntie Shade said, five years' time, watch them come out of a tune and an album and then, all the, and then their best buddies and all that type of stuff. So that's the only part of this thing that makes it a bit annoying is that the goons will act stupid and then leaves lot are going to be brethren afterwards. So it's, it's, everyone's, it's everything's clout. Everything's clout. You have to just take everything as a um, campaign to make money. And that's what it is. Let's that's the, that's the sad thing. It's the people that's always around the artist that gets involved like this is about them and they start with their, their nonsense. Like the guy that even took the picture of um, M. Huncho without his mask on. It's like he hangs about with Dutravelli and you're being like, yeah, I only did it to get him back for kind of distan distancing himself. And it's like, nobody cares about you, bruv. Like this is, you're, you have proximity to somebody who has a bit of shine on them and they seem to take it seriously. Like, it's really about this. Like, it's, it's really, a, and it isn't, it isn't. But yeah, I'll, I'll do the, um, <laughs> the, the, the comments actually have been making me laugh. <laughs> so <laughs> we have, um, oh, how do I pronounce that? I think it's Tanuke. Yeah, Tanuke. 
Luke, um, no, no need for him to respond. Keep above it. And um, Mr. Tang says, no, ignore him. Pay, uh, ignore him. Ho pay home, dust cloud. Ignore him. Pay home, dust cloud chasing. I'm not sure. But also, he has to respond <laughs> um, for the culture. Yeah, I understand that as well. And then Aquia says, I've heard of Stormzy, but never heard of Chip. So that says it all. It's so boring when black musicians act like children. Yawn, yawn. And then she goes on to say, is it Chip or Trip? What's his I name? <laughs> that is peak auntie. Oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> And then Mr. Tang says, yes, Auntie Nana, leave my nephew, let him wear his crown. And Tanike says, he doesn't need to battle him, though. He has the crown. He has the money. He has the fans. He doesn't need the clout from the streets. Uh, Mr. Tang says, Chip has nothing to lose and won't lose. And Cindy says, I'm eating chips right now. That's about the most I understand regarding this urban drivel. Hiya, queer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Auntie Aquia, uh, that was peak Auntie Auntie behavior. His name is Chip, shortened from Chipmunk. He used to be called Chipmunk, and as he grew matured into a man, he's now a chip. But I think it's boring for you. But um, in the world of rap and battling, you got to respond in some cases. But right now, we're saying, a nephew Stormzy, chill out. Um, so M Huncho, let's go into that a little bit. Um, his face being revealed. I don't. I didn't. I. What's what's the deal? What's crack? I don't know. Do we care? That's my point. I did not care. I saw it. I didn't care. Let, who cares about this story? Well, I think people do care, you know. Yeah. People, yes, you know, yeah. They do care. Um, and, you know, they have a right to care because, you know, this is someone who's masked their identity, uses the N-word. Obviously, the identity's been revealed and they're not part of the Black community. So it's just like it's a bit controversial that that's been the case. He's, you know... He's saying that in his newer work, you're not going to hear it anymore and stuff. Um, but that's what he has. That's what he's been doing. He's not is, just is that. out where he's from. Where is he? Because to me, I couldn't tell. I thought maybe he was mixed. I wasn't sure. No, he's not. He's definitely not black. I think he's. Someone said he's Afghan, but I'm not too sure. I don't know. Yeah. That. That. Can I jump in? Because again, I didn't have a clue. This is where my auntie kicks in. M. Hunter, I assumed. He was a black artist, didn't know anything. When I heard about it, so his face revealed, I didn't have enough energy or bandwidth to deal with the story. That is not black. Now I care. Go ahead, Auntie Farah. <laughs> when you guys are saying people the other day, when I mentioned Fat Joe, you was like, but that's where he's from and that's what he's heard. And no, I didn't say that. We didn't say that. Not all of us said that. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. Jesus Christ, D saying it, you guys doesn't necessarily just mean us four in this box. It means people <laughs> out there. Um, oh, I mean, I just hate when anybody says the N-word, really, when they shouldn't be saying it. Like, can we just not say it anymore? Because is it, it, I don't know, it's just annoying. But in terms of the M. Honcho story, what annoyed me about it was that the guy that put it out, put it out to get back at Dachavelli, but he hurt someone in the way. I think... I knew M. Honcho wasn't black, but that's because he's been in studios and stuff like that. So I knew he wasn't black. And I know people in the industry that know him as well. And they like, I knew he wasn't black. I haven't actually heard a lot of his music. I, I think I've heard the stuff that is um, on the radio. So it's always uh, 
user friendly. <laughs> so I can't really comment on that. But it was just again, Dutch of any. <laughs> he's got a lot of haters out there, isn't it? And they just like will go for anyone that's in his path. I, so the thing, reason why now I come back around and say I potentially care because what was this M Huncho's mo? Like he's coming out in a mask. Um, it was it because that then he could get away with talking about the things he's talking about and be accepted into the thing? What what was his reasoning? Or what I don't think so. There's it's a lot of them that wear masks. It's more about um, protecting against being arrested. And, oh, so he's a proper drill artist, and he's that one. Okay, that's their thing at the moment. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what credentials he has in the streets. Really, I have no idea. But like, I think, I think that he's trying to say it's privacy. Um, he's doing it for privacy, which is 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 it's kind of up to him whether he wants to do that. But I, I do I do have a slight like you're playing in an arena that where you're a guest. Do you know what I mean? So you know, and you you've used that. You made if if he was to do his career without the mask, I don't think he would have got, got as far. As but that's part of it as well. And I think that's part of it with a lot of these guys that wear the mask. There's, there's, mm-hmm. it's, they wear it because they may have criminal records and they don't want the exposure. They wear it because it's also a gimmick. It's something else that separates them from another person. Yeah. And they wear it, well, twofold then. But do you know what I mean? It's like, so uh, when you say he's a guest in the arena, what do you mean exactly? So it's a, bla- it's, it's a black space, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And um, he's a guest. He's not black. And he's saying the M word. Yeah. No, I, I understand that bit, but just. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying that. And I was going to say, are you saying the N word? And he's then potentially capitalizing on a genre of music has already got a lot of problems around it. And essentially, when he takes off his mask, he could potentially, I'm not saying that people from the African background don't have problems with the law, but then he could essentially extrapolate himself from that and rebrand himself and not have the same issues that maybe a Digger D or other drill artists might find it harder to shake off that background. So there is a little bit of a... But hmm. then that goes for the same people that wear the masks, the other people. Oh, I know, I'm talking about, but then there's an extra level of, okay, because you're not of the... You're not black. So there's another extra level of interesting that... Because it's like having... Because if, if he was actually a stark white boy, I think I'd even be more, more like you're capitalising of the culture. You're playing in on a space that's already got a lot of controversy and danger attached to it. I mean, for the real drill artists that are, re- that are really talking about the murders that they've done and all that type of stuff and the, the worst parts of the drill music, this is, there's a problem with this, is, with this particular music. So mm-hmm. it is interesting that you're playing in this space and you're covering your face. How calculated was it? Because yes, and his mask isn't just like a- It's not a, about a stylized commercial like it is it's thought out so it's more yeah. than just i'm a i'm a i'm a thug i'm a hoodie trying to trying to hide my identity do you know what i mean but it is also that that whole no face no case kind of thing it's that it's that kind of vibe that yeah he's kind of feeding into but i just think it's just like mm, i just don't know because it's like any it's i just don't if if he didn't have the mask, would he have this career? Would he be pushing this narrative? Do you know what I mean? Like that that's but I do think the music industry has a lot to answer for. They've created this. Do you know what I mean? They've given space to this. Do you know what I, I mean? If he didn't have the mask, he probably wouldn't be as popular because that's the gimmick that he's gone for. Yeah. That's the thing. So it's like when we've got gimmicks in the music that causes 
that's actually influenced deaths at some point. Sticky. Any more comments or should we move on? Oh, no, would you, will you guys? Um, oh, Ronald wants an explanation of what drill is. Someone want to take the floor? Oh, just, um, just to add in. <laughs> Your version of pop, like pop smoke made drill, but that he took it from England. It's an English genre and a lot of American people, people in New York are making a lot of drill music at the moment. Pop smoke did drill. Music on the streets. It's musical yeah. music and it's a bit more deeper than yeah. of grime and hip hop and rap. It's an amalgamation of all those sounds, but it's deeper. It's like when trap originally started, it's like, and it's meant to be the real, real talk of the streets. And we've had some issues because some of the draw tracks have gone a bit too far by explicitly um, putting to music the explicits, the murdering explicits and escapades of some of the members of the group. So a lot of the groups, a lot of the real, real drill groups members have had lots of problems with the law to the extent that they've killed people and then take to the studio to talk yeah. about it in the extreme version of it but it's yeah, also they've done videos and then and they've done they videos yeah sorry yeah <laughs> yeah exactly they've talked, they've snitched on themselves as well yeah. <laughs> and it's causing a bit of a conversation about the effects as usual when hip-hop and our music gets out of its box and goes a bit too far left then the governments get involved the law gets involved and it starts being that conversation about our music being dangerous and problematic and people get banned and stuff like that. So yeah, we have. Okay, Aquia says, the use of the N-word points to black psychosis. It's uncomfortable yet black people are forced to find a way or a space to find it acceptable. It's fucked up. If there's nothing wrong with black people using it, then there's nothing wrong with white people using it full stop. Anyone using it is pro problematic in my view. And fair. Yeah, that's that's the last one. But I just wanted to put to say that M. Huntro is not considered a drill artist. Okay. He, he is more kind of grime rap than anything. He and his use of the N-word, although he does use it, it is minimal compared to some people, and that may have been a, a factor in why he seems to be getting an industry pass from like his colleagues because people seem to be like he's a really safe guy and but there is definitely a lot of talk around his look that would he be as successful if there wasn't a certain demographic that did think he was black and if he had come out as a an Asian looking person would he I, I can't think of any Asian people in that space that are doing really well other than back in the day so solid when they had a couple of Asian members but other than that i can't think of anybody else jay sean yeah. what the hell happened to jay sean America. he's doing well the american living very well the americans loved him yeah. okay do you guys want to talk about idris elba's new track other than quick that it's not good and he needs to stop next quick fire round um I heard it. I mean, we can talk about it more in, in Clubhouse. How are you, Uncle Idris? And that's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> yeah. I listen to it. I will not be listening to it again. Auntie Nair. Anyway. Um, and that's it. <laughs> we, 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 sad, mad. Sad, mad. Sad, mad. Sad, mad. Glad. What's made you sad, mad, and glad this week? And guys, in the comments, let us know what's made you sad, mad, and glad this week. 
Auntie Farah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm, really um, I, I'm sad. I'm still sad about Mohammed Mohammed Hassan and the fact that he was killed shortly after being released from um, yeah. jail in in Cardiff. I'm still sad about that. There is an investigation going on, but we just need some answers because he was fine before he went in and then he was, you know, severely beaten afterwards and shortly died. So that uh, that makes me quite sad. UK is not innocent. Um, I am glad that today is the last day that we, and I say we because they are cousins, um, have to endure President Donald Trump. Now, I'm not saying we won't have to endure him afterwards, but he just won't be the president anymore. He won't have the access codes and um, <laughs> he just has to come out of the White House. So I'm, I am glad about that. I don't actually have a mad. So that's that. I'm mad that I don't have a mad. I suppose no, no. I'm mad in lockdown. That's um, good not to have a mad. Uh, Auntie Shade. Sorry, you just chewed. <laughs> Sorry, I'm eating olives and they're so nice. <laughs> but anyway, my sad is, um, oh no, not sad. I'm anxious about the inauguration. <laughs> I can't even say. Tomorrow. I'm a bit anxious because I think because, okay, guys, so those that don't know, I've been watching. Handmaiden's Tale, and I've been watching it back to back. Don't do that, guys. Just don't, if you haven't watched it, don't watch it back to back. I'm dreaming about it all sorts. <laughs> so, it's I, <laughs> so I think that's like in my psyche at the moment, kind of thing. So I'm a bit nervous what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, and then, mad, I don't have a mad either. I'm pretty sure I should have one, but I don't. Um, so there's that. And then, glad. I am glad that Marvel is back. I'm so happy. I think I mentioned this before, but I watch WandaVision, Disney Plus. I'm just so happy. I'm so happy because like it's this and it's Loki, then it's Doctor Strange, and it's um, I think the five rings. Like it's just my it's just my time. Like having a year of no Marvel and COVID was just like the worst thing ever. And now that it's back, I feel like I can breathe. I feel whole. I can't believe it. Like, honestly, I really do. Like, I'm so happy. So, yeah, I'm really happy. Thanks. That's it. So, bye. Can I just ask, what is on Disney? What was it? One Division. And it hurts me that you don't know. <laughs> one Division. I've got a mad. I've just, felt, I've just thought of one. I watched One Division on the weekend with my sister. And it was the most painful experience ever. Because from the minute it started to the minute it stopped, shout out to you, Aunt Tara. All she did was ask me questions. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Sorry. <laughs> that is the worst. Um, okay. Uh, I really can't think of anything that has made me sad or mad this week that I've seen. I, I can't think of anything. But what I am glad about, which could have gone another way, um, on Clubhouse on Sunday, I was in my friend's room. She does a business show, um, Sadell and Natalie. They were doing a business club and I was in the audience and a lady came up to speak and it was what's considered delightful business. What would you consider delightful business? So everybody's kind of gone around, said what they consider delightful business. And then the lady comes on, her name is Cherie, and she starts by saying, 
yeah, so Sadell, can you remember one time when you posted up a picture from a company, something yaya, and I went and bought some some head wraps, and and it went quiet. And she went and and it came in this beautiful package. And I'm up north, and you never get packages like that. Literally, I was on my phone, like, oh, please make this a good like. My heart dropped as soon as she said. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, please let this be one of the good stories, a good, a good scenario. But it was a brilliant story that she told. And she was very happy and she considered my business a delightful purchasing experience. So yeah, that was like I, I, I was listening to that because I saw you were on it, so I jumped on it quickly. Um oh, did you I, yeah, I heard that. That was really lovely. Yeah. Because yeah. that is I do like getting packages and it's like a present to yourself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That 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 was scary, but it was really, it was really lovely that it was a good story. So that made me very happy. Oh, wicked! Um, I am sad. What was I sad? I was earlier. I was sad because I couldn't work my hair, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I like it. And I'm bored of it already, but I've worked it out, so I'm not sad anymore about that. Um, another side note to you, Auntie Farah. Did you know that? Well, to all of us. Trump said he's going to be pardoning a lot of people before he goes out, and apparently he's going to pardon Little Wayne. It's a uh, weird. That's why Little Wayne. That's why all these rappers were on him because they knew that they could get wow. pardoned. There's a, you know, it's all, there's a message. Wow. wow. So apparently he's going to pardon Little Wayne tomorrow. We'll see. But anyway, so that was a kind of oh, okay. I don't know what what emotion that is. I was like, okay, we see you. So and also I'm mad because okay, if you don't know me, you know that I like to try new crisps when they come out. Pringles. Finally, did a new thing, which I think crisps are taking a long time to do new flavors. Let's let's think about it. Let's invent some new crisps. However, Pringles released cheese and chili, barbecue and chili, sour cream and chili. And Cheddar's released Cheddar Sticks in barbecue and cheese and ch cheesy, cheesy cheese. And I'd like to say I'm mad because out of all those new flavors, literally just about the sour cream and chili were nice from Pringles. The rest of them were trash and they weren't <laughs> hot. There was no, how dare they say they were chili as well. No, you weren't chili, nothing. Little bit of space, nonsense. And the cheddar chicks, the cheddar sticks were too much flavor. Like you just dumped the seasoning on it and pretended that's for flavor. They were disgusting. So I'm slightly glad because then I don't get addicted and want to buy them even more because I'm supposed to be dieting and eating better. However, don't waste my time. I like to try new flavors and you lot did some foolishness and remixed nonsense and pretended they were peppery and they were not. Shit, so shut up Pringles, shut up, rubbish. And I'm glad um, actually, because tomorrow will be a new day, Biden will be president, racism will be over, Boris will, <laughs> Boris will fall down a manhole, Keir Starmer will emigrate to Iceland and for some reason, Bernie Sanders and Viola Davis will run the Labour Party and will have a new outlook on the world. And that's my happy fantasy. And I'm sticking to it because that's why I'm glad. And that's the end of my story. That's it. Wow. Yeah. That's I'm living in my utopia. Okay. I go to the um, the comments. <laughs> so, uh, did it start with Antoinette? Okay, so yes, Antoinette says, "Do I need to listen to Idris's song before tonight's Clubhouse?" I advise you do. Um, Cindy says, "Agreed, Auntie Sade. There was." This was their first attempt, and initially, people didn't take to these folk didn't take these folks seriously under his eye. Yeah, the door open or something. 
and Antoinette says, I'm sad that we lost a member of staff to COVID last week and today heard another two colleagues lost family members overnight. I'm mad that Lupin was only five episodes. I was really getting into it. I'm glad for life and grateful for my blessings. Also, I'm glad tomorrow's payday because the last one seemed like it was 17 months ago long. Amazon, I'm coming to empty that basket. <laughs> and Candy says, I'm mad that I don't have Clubhouse. Oh. And Antoinette says, I heard that chat in Clubhouse, Auntie Nana, props to you. And Mr. Tang says, I'm also glad I received my T-shirt from Auntie Nana. Flawless shopping experience. Great. Uh, um, Ronald says, glad Trump is leaving. Sad, no clubhouse invite. That reminds me, I'll do it for you as soon as we finish. And mad, Trump left us with a mess. And Mr. Tang says, wait, are we on clubhouse tonight, aunties? We, yes, we are. So tonight, thank you, everybody. Um, tonight, we're going to be trialing out aunties after dark on clubhouse. clubhouse. So every Tuesday at 10 p.m., we'll be on clubhouse. And we're just taking the show on the clubhouse road and we'll be talking about some of the topics we couldn't get more into in the show and maybe find some new topics to talk about. So um, come and join us, 10 p.m. That's UK time, that's GMT. And then it's, I think it's 2 p.m. PST, the other time, Pacific time. Um, so yeah, we'll be back in a couple of hours having a little chit chat for just for a couple of hours and then we'll go to bed. Uh, thank you. So on that note, thank you guys for joining us again. Brilliant show. Uh, that was Your Aunties Could Never, episode 45. And we shall be back next week, as usual, 5 p.m. Or... Trump. Yes, uh, honouring Trump. Gosh, anyway, anyway, anyway. We, um, yes, I've lost my train of thought now. Yeah, follow us on socials, Insta, Facebook, Twitter, we're there. And come and join us on Clubhouse if you have that Clubhouse link. And if not, we'll be back next Tuesday. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.